Well, that was a strange trip. All that to promote our podcast. Yeah, I wonder if they'll air it. They had better. Yeah, otherwise we traveled all this way for nothing. Did you look at the contract, Jason? Sure. It said as long as we kept it fairly clean, they guaranteed it would air. Let's hope so. Sigma and Kane's podcast has a huge following. This could be our big break. How many times have we said that now? Even if Sigma comes across as someone who just discovered Ayn Rand a week ago, he's the leader of the Maverick Hunters. He's got to have a good head on his shoulders to be put in charge of that, right? This is our terminal. Driver, can you drop us there? Sure thing. Yeah, Dr. Kane really made these Reploids great at their jobs. Pretty sweet airport. Just check into the terminal and no need for a security check. Just on the plane you go. I mean, would you try something with that big-ass eagle Reploid flying around on security detail? Good point. Nice of Kane and Sigma to put us in first class. Yeah, I mean, they did us a favor by having us on their podcast. This is really going an extra mile. That wasn't really our style, though. I wonder how much of their audience will actually check us out. Here's hoping. Hello, everyone. This is your captain speaking. Just letting you know we've been cleared for takeoff. Please fasten your seatbelts and prepare for takeoff. Hey, are you guys seeing this? I just got the notification. A Maverick uprising? And Sigma's gone, Maverick? God damn it. We just can't catch a break. Thank God we're leaving now. Uh, sorry to bother you folks. Uh, we'll be taking off now. Just buckle up and oh my God. That can't be good. good. Oh Jesus, what the hell is happening? X and Storm Eagle are fighting on top of the airplane. Did, did Storm Eagle go Maverick? Shit, this is bad. One. You're right, Storm Eagles. Blowing up. Thanks for coming, save us. He just teleported. First, the weird appearance on Kane Sigma's podcast, then Sigma goes Maverick, and now this? We should have just done this on Skype. I was being metaphorical when I said one of these podcasts would be the death of me. On this Games and Junk Game Club, we squash a robot uprising in Mega Man X. Another Games and Junk Game Club. 
Uh, I am your host, John Lucero, and this month we will be talking about the seminal action platformer, Mega Man X. I'm joined, as always, by Vanessa Cahill and Jason Ariola. And luckily, this month we are joined by two special guests, uh, Nadia and David Oxford. Could you guys introduce yourselves? Nadia, you can go first. <laughs> okay, that's uh, ladies first. That's very nice. Yes, I am Nadia Oxford. I am a lifelong Mega Man fan, and I am also the co-host of the Axe of the Blood God podcast. And uh, that's an RPG podcast, but I am also very big on action games, of which Mega Man X is, frankly, the best one, if you ask me. <laughs> it's very good. I'm right there with you. Uh, yes. uh, David, how about yourself? Uh, my name is David Oxford. I'm probably better known in certain corners of the Mega Man fandom as LBD Night Train. And uh, I'm basically a freelance writer who... You know, I write for Nintendo Force, Mega Visions. I do some stuff on my own website, poisonmushroom.org. Trying to get the Mega Man Network back up and running. That's been a uh, an adventure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think that's most of it. <laughs> awesome. And uh, you and Naughty actually ruin video games together, don't you? Oh, yes, we oh, do. Yeah. Yeah. On a weekly yeah. basis. We'll try <laughs> to. Wow, it's, a, it's an honor to have you two on this <laughs> to <be> on our <laughs> podcast as well. <laughs> that is so. actually the name of uh, our stream, uh, Nadia and David Ruin Gaming. We do it every week. We just kind of play a game and make comments and uh, try to adjust the, the sound levels so they're not terrible. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Wow. But if you want to uh, watch us on Twitch, uh, David, what's our URL? You know it better than I do. Uh, it's twitch.tv forward slash nightworks, N-Y-T-E-W-O-R-K-S. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, oh, thank you. This Glad month, uh, Jason made the pick. And uh, Jason, go ahead and tell us why you picked Mega Man X. Mega Man X is one of my easily top 10 favorite games. And I feel like even with some slight uh, latency issues with the Mega Man X Legacy Collection, this is one of, if not the best um, Mega Man games, if and also one of the best action games ever made. It's just incredibly fun. Succinct, there's not a lot of fat. I don't, I don't even want to say a lot. I don't even think there's really any fat to this game at all. And I just love the hell out of this game. So I thought, I'm going to subject you two to finally play this damn thing since you've never played it. Oh, people yeah. exist that haven't played Mega Man X? I know, it's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't played any Mega Man games. <laughs> the crazy part is I've played almost every uh, base Mega Man game, like 1 through 10. I've beaten almost all of them, but I've never completed a Mega Man X game. So. Oh, what an interesting perspective you're going to have. Yeah, I have a... This is my fir- my first ever Mega Man game. Ah, welcome to the fold. <laughs> you said every base Mega Man game. Does that include Mega Man and base? <laughs> uh, no, it does not include Mega Man and base. Uh, just the numbered ones, I guess I should say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my personal favorite being Mega Man 2. You know, not a very, not a very uh, out there opinion, but uh, 3 is also really good. But. Three was my first Mega Man game, so I really have affection for it. Mine was the first, actually, Mega Man One was my first one, so I have a soft spot for that game, even though it's got some rough, rough parts around the edges on it. I think David's, David, yours was uh, the first one, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I love. I can run through the first, the six bosses of that game pretty, pretty quick. And even then, the uh, the Gutsman stage with the droppy thingies. Yeah, I'm actually I'm pretty good at Mega Man One it, until you get to like Wily's Castle, and that's like in every Mega Man game, it just gets. It ramps up a little, mu- a little too much. Also, Yellow Devil's an asshole. Oh, Yellow Devil's a dick. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Jason, again, uh, let, how much? How many times have you played Mega Man X in your life? Um, are we saying played or completed? Because sometimes I'll just play it for like an hour or two. And I'm like, okay, I've got my fill. Let's go yeah, I'm the same. 
<laughs> just go completed. Completed? Uh, probably like twenty, twenty-five times. So uh, you you uh, you're familiar with it? Yeah, yeah, I know this game a little bit. Okay, good. Yeah. I actually just uh, re—I actually just purchased the um, Super Famicom version because I sold my original card a long time ago, and I was like, "Oh, it's like a fifteen, twenty dollar difference for the Super Famicom card," and I don't really need the uh, uh, you know na- narration in the game. There, I, I can do without being able to read it. I just need to play the thing. Fair enough. You don't. Need zero to... sacrifice means nothing. Then yeah. how dare you? Just him exploding. You don't even know why it's exploding. I'm like, what is he fighting for? <laughs> David, we all know no, the answer to that, and it's everlasting peace. You don't get that really dark, uh, meditative ending with <laughs> or that like the the translation for that from Japanese is a little, is even more meditative and dark. It's it's very strange. Uh, Vanessa, you said you've never played a Mega Man game ever. So uh, no. is. Have you even have you even seen a Mega Man game? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, actually, not really. Like I've seen, um, I'm like I know what Me- I know who Mega Man is. I know like I know oh, what the character looks like. Mega Man. <laughs> I know it's like a platformer, but that's that's all I know. And then, well, now I know more obviously because I played it. <laughs> uh, Nadia, give give us a little history of your little bit of your history on Mega Man X. Uh, basically, I was like I said, I've been a, I'm a lifelong Mega Man fan, and then when I got the SNES finally the logical conclusion was to try out Mega Man X and I rented it at first absolutely adored it I eventually got my own copy it was actually the version republished by Majesco oh and uh I think I still have that somewhere but yeah I am a a big fan of Mega Man X really got deep into the fandom was kind of a you know, writing all the fanfic and stuff and had my web page and now my husband and I uh, are writing the field guide to the Maverick Hunter field guide to Mega Man X. And that'll be out uh, in August, I believe. Awesome. Yeah, we really should have looked that up before we started. (laughs) (laughs) The name of it that we keep getting wrong? No, the release date that we can never seem to remember. Uh, uh, I think it's August. I think we're good. It's sometime in August. Um, I've got, I've had it pre-ordered on Amazon for uh, since you, I think since you guys like started pushing it like Uh. early year. It's going to be really cool. We uh, worked really hard on it, and I got a chance to just kind of flex that Mega Man X sort of writing that I haven't muscle that I haven't used in so very long. Oh, good. Yeah, I bought the uh, I bought the Mega Man uh, field um, or field guide. The the Robot Master, yeah. Oh yeah, Robot yeah. Master. Yeah, yeah. I bought that one, and yeah, that's that's great. I mean, yeah, that's. I want to say that's part of the reason I wanted you guys on is also to kind of promote your book because if you're even a little bit into Mega Man, these two books, I, I can't say for sure with the Maverick Hunter, but I would imagine it's going to be as good. But the it's the Robot be Master better guy. than ten Super Bowls. <laughs> wow. August seventeenth. Perfect. Oh, okay. All right, August cool. This, uh, this podcast will be pr- relatively timely. Yeah, so, yeah, just a couple uh, weeks before. Yeah. Oh, beauty. Uh, David, how about, uh, how about a, a quick rundown of your Mega Man X history? Well, uh, like we said, my first Mega Man game was the original Mega Man game, and I played through those on the NES as they came out. Um, I, I never bought any of them, though, and because uh, I would rent them, I'd finish them in a weekend, take them back. It was like, you know, use that money for other things, mm-hmm. Ninja Turtle figures or other games or what have you. Money well spent. And... Then there came the hype for Mega Man X. At first, I did not care for it because, and it's kind of a rare pick these days, but like the first image of the character, it just had him like in this like all one color of blue with a face mask. And I don't know, it just looked a little too different to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then later on, they kind of toned that down like uh, and we 
got to see the X that we all know and love, plus the white and blue and gold armor upgraded version, and more details came out, and I started getting more and more into it. And I, it got to the point where after the issue of Nintendo Power that had it on the cover came out, around that time I was basically calling Walmart every day to find out like you know, if they had it in or not. Mm-hmm. And it was the first Mega Man game I ever bought to own. Because, like I said, I was renting the other stuff, and I figured, you know what, those those will be there, you know, those will be there forever. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still there to, be, to rent to this day. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a clip for poorly aged things. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I bought it. I played it. Um, I got really angry at Sigma initially, because that final fight, man. <laughs> and uh, eventually, uh, I mean... Yeah, I ended up loving it. And honestly, out of most of the Mega Man catalog, it's probably the closest one that just feels damn near perfect. Can I say that? Yeah, I, no, yeah absolutely. Yeah, okay. Say whatever you want. <laughs> as long as my, it's not if, if, there, if there was like... <laughs> no worries. Uh, lousy Reploids. No. Uh, <laughs> um but, yeah, if there was, like, one grievance I would have with the game that I think kind of is, like, just a smudge on it, it would be that part where you try to get the Buster part and play Mammoth Stage, and it's, you know, if you mess it up, then, like, that's it, get out, come back later, and try again. Mm-hmm. That, that one little part, I think, is probably, like, just the only smudge, but everything else just feels polished to pretty damn near perfection. Yeah, it's pretty. it's a pretty tight experience. It is. Uh, all right. Before we dive deep into our own thoughts, D- Jason has put on his lab coat, I'm assuming, because <laughs> I, I gave him a lot of time with, with these extra guests. It never comes off, even in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> and he is going to give us, I'm assuming, a very in-depth background on the history of Mega Man X. Uh, well, Jason, did, take it away. I did what I could. I did what I could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nadia, fortunately, you weren't here for the um, – or the last episode that you were on, um, I didn't, wasn't able to do it because the uh, new Pokemon Snap wasn't new enough that I could really dig out much information. But thankfully, oh, yeah. we've got a ton of uh, stuff here. Oh, I'm sure you do. Strap <laughs> in, everyone. All right. <laughs> yeah, so. All right. So if you guys want to check out for a little bit, I'll just ramble for like 10 minutes and just come back. <laughs> So first off, we're going to go over all of the releases where this game has come come out on. Uh, originally came out on the Super Nintendo, October 1993 in North America, December 17th in 1993 in Japan, and then April 1994 in Brazil, and August 25th, um, 1994 in the UK and Sweden. Now, um, as I get into some of the other uh, nitty-gritty kind of detail stuff, like as far as the developers stuff goes, uh, Nadia, David, if you want to chime in with anything, please feel free to interrupt me. That's kind of what you're here for, because I needed somebody else outside of me that had played this game with as much love as I have, I guess, prior to this experience. Oh, you have everything wrong. I'll tell you that right now. No, okay. I'm kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's very likely. <laughs> Taking notes in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So it would end up, uh, its first port would end up being to DOS, and that would release March 10th, 1995. Um, everything I could kind of read about it is that it performs fairly well, but the graphics are a bit downgraded, and the sound takes a rather major hit um, with Zero's theme um, particularly sounding rather Oh, that anemic. must sound like a, a tin can banging against the wind or something like that. That must be awful. Not even that good. <laughs> 
I just remembered that particular port because this came out, that port came out at a time when everybody was 3D, 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 and someone wrote the most scathing review of Mega Man X for DOS and said, why is this trash on, you know, our masterful PC? Why is this, like, even existing? Why is this blue anime Smurf, like, <laughs> how dare he live and exist? And it was just, like, a very, very dismissive review just because at the time, like, 2D was, like, a pariah. So poor Mega Man X, like, that's what he was degraded to. For, for a time, it wasn't cool to, like, 2D things. Dark days indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I personally couldn't imagine playing this thing with a keyboard, um, but I guess a lot of people probably did that with an em- when I emulators first came around. I think it came with a controller. It, it was packed in with one. Actually, that was the uh, that was the next release of it on PC, which was oh. about a year later, May 24th, 1996, and was bundled with a six-button controller um, with two of the buttons not doing anything. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, you know, just in case. Yeah, yeah there yeah. you go. Yeah. Just in case you break too. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was no shoulder buttons, so there, it was basically like a Saturn controller with the three things. So you could effectively like think you could use those two buttons on the on the far right to do that, but no, no, it didn't do it. it didn't do anything. So yeah, so you had to go to the menu to actually uh, change weapons, which. It seems a Yikes. really, really weird <laughs> choice. Yeah, I, I got that one, but I could never get it to run. And yeah, I had the controller. I think it was a little more like a Genesis pad, but... Huh. Yeah, yeah, now that you're mentioning it, yeah, I think it is, it is a little thicker. The, the six-button Genesis pad, I should say. Right, I right. I don't think this game would be too bad on keyboard, personally. I think it, it actually would fit pretty well, if I'm being honest. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. All right, uh, the PC version would uh, get the Hadouken as one of the regular charge shots, um, but nowhere near hmm. as powerful. It would also have a save system instead of the password system that the Super NES version had. And the uh, CD-ROM version would also be, let's say, compromised in the same uh, manner as the DOS version was as far as the, audios and, uh, as the audio and the visuals go. A, uh, the next thing would be a sort of demake, in a way, on the Game Boy Color, and that was Mega Man Extreme, known in Japan as Rockman X Cyber Mission. Uh, that was released in Japan October 20th, 2000, and North America uh, January 10th, 2001, and August 24th, 2001 in Europe. Uh, this would also hit the 3DS Virtual Console in 2013 in Japan, and then 2014 in North America and Europe in May of 2014. The next release of this was on the Mega Man X Collection that released on the GameCube and PS2 in North America January 10th, 2006. A remake uh, came out on the PSP, and that was Maverick, Mega Man Maverick Hunter X, which I... If you look at it, it's stylized kind of weird. I always thought it was Mega Man X Maverick Hunter, but it's no, it's Mega Man Maverick Hunter X. So I was saying it wrong for years. You fool. Yeah, because I'm an idiot. I know. (laughs) This podcast is over. (laughs) What can I say? I didn't have my lab coat yet, so it wasn't really that good. Anyway. um, If I'm not mistaken, I think the Japanese version was just a regular Hunter X. So they probably added the Mega Man on there like as a branding thing in the West, if I remember correctly. You know what? You wrote wrote the literal book on it? I'm going to take your word for it, David. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that came out uh, late December 2005 in Japan and then early 2006 in North America and Europe. Um, There was a a Doja release, effectively an app operating system for the Docomo Japanese phones in 2007, which I would imagine plays like dog shit, but... Phone phone (laughs) version of Mega Man X. (laughs) Oh, oh, guess what? It also came to iOS. (laughs) It sure did. Oh, I actually had that. It was a real disgrace. Like, I think I actually reviewed it for one of the sites I was working for, and I was so is mad a, at it. Is it like full touch controls? 
Uh-huh. The cool yeah. touch controls, but it's also the gra- the graphics are just look like that Final Fantasy VI job where they oh made my god <laughs> why why would they do that yeah they, I don't know yeah that came out uh, December twentieth two thousand eleven and it added an easy mode so since you probably can't really control it very well that was probably a necessity I would say I remember playing it and reviewing it for somebody as well I mean it wasn't great as I rem- if I remember correctly the scrolling it was like um, you know that uh, Hudson version of Super Mario Brothers where you go to the edge of the screen and it loads the next screen? Right, right. I think it was like a lot of that for some reason. Ew. But, I mean, as far as playability, it was playable. Okay. I, I wonder mean, if they're... I think I beat it, so it was like, you know, it may not have been great, but, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, so bad. Okay. I mean, as I... much as, like, you know, it's like pure junk. <laughs> I wonder if they added a controller support. I doubt it, but since, uh, you know, controller support's pretty prevalent now with uh, iOS games. Capcom's games were infamous for breaking down on I, on the uh, App Store. When iOS 8 came in, they all got eliminated. And I don't know which ones were re-uploaded and which ones weren't, but then iOS 11 came and broke everything again. So I don't know how much of Capcom's original catalog is really still there. I think that one might have been pulled. It's actually yeah. still available to purchase, so I, I don't. That's not saying it works, but yeah, I, I went and checked, and then I saw the five dollar price point, and I was like, "Good, no, I'm not doing that. Not not for morbid curiosity's sake." I was just, I was kind of hoping one of you guys had tried it. So yeah, I, I was like, "Oh, good, you guys can take the bullet for me on that one." Oh, you know what? I, I think I'm thinking of the uh, NES game ports. I think those uh, might have been the ones pulled. I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, because Mega Man X is still there, along with some weird yeah. like, like like 3d battler kind of thing i don't know what the hell they were i i I saw there was more Mega Man x stuff and i was like eh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna check that out because god it can't possibly be good you are correct well if you like gotcha stuff there's uh Mega Man x dive coming out soon but hmm i think i'm uh, i think i'm i think i'm gotcha out with after playing like record keeper for like five years (laughs) did you did you stick with record keeper for five years that's pretty good uh somewhere in that ballpark yeah Impressive. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I know that a lot of people went to like, um, what do you call it? Uh, not Record Keeper, but the one that came after it, with the really pretty sprites. Oh, uh, Brave Exvius. Yeah. Brave. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I yeah. That one was the one that everyone hated. Which one was the one that was like a? It was like a crime because it was like they're was, all crimes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I never pumped a dime into a Record Keeper, so managed to oh. do pretty well with that so all right uh last couple of releases here uh april 11th of 2011 it came to the wii virtual console in may 2013 it came to the wii u virtual console and the new 3ds virtual console may 9th 2016 and june 16 2016 in north america on the 3ds virtual console and it along with these seven other mainline Mega Man x games will come out on the switch xbox one ps4 and steam july of 2018 and yeah, that's kind of the last last little uh, bit there. So this game's uh, been ported around quite a bit, and yeah, for good reason. I mean, it's an excellent game, and you figure if you can kind of bleed it for as much as you want, you can kind of <laughs> yeah, might as well. I mean, did you mention the SNES Classic release? I missed that. You know what? I forgot to put that down. I think the only like issue with that was like the, it couldn't quite get the sound, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh really? Um, hmm. I played it. And I, I don't remember, like, if there's any major difference between the sound, like, in the SNES and the SNES Classic. It all sounded good, but it always sounds good. I mean, that slap bass in, in mm. Sigma's first stage, holy crap.
I, I haven't played that version myself to compare, so something to look at, I guess. Yeah. Jason is an audio file too, so that could be. That's understandable. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, literally uh, listening to the Lagrange uh, Point soundtrack on vinyl as uh, I was get, getting set up here. So. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a weirdo. Anyway, uh, moving on to the actual staff of the game. Let's uh, first talk about the producer Takaru Fujiwara, uh, who went by Professor F in the credits here. Uh, Fujiwara started his career back in 1982 with Capcom, or actually with uh, Konami, uh, working as uh, working on Puyan as the director and designer for Rock and Rope as well. From there, he moved over to Capcom in 1983, where his list of credits is uh, borderline obscene, so I'm just going to give you the highlights of his time at Capcom. Is a producer on Mega Man 2, DuckTales, Little Nemo, The Dream Master, The Little Mermaid, Destiny of an Emperor 1 and 2, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Darkwing Duck, The Super NES Final Fight games, all five of the Mega Man Game Boy games, Mega Man X 1, 2, and 3, Mega Man 7, Mega Man Soccer, which, yeah, uh, Breath of Fire <laughs> 1 and 2, which I know is near and dear to your heart, Nadia. Oh, yes. And finally, Resident Evil. He also oversaw the Strider Project, the arcade and the NES game, as well as the manga that came out. It was like a three-part thing that they were working on there as the planning provider and was also the advisor on the Super NES version of Aladdin, which is the only good version of Aladdin. Ooh, spicy. And we are experts on uh, that garbage game. <laughs> the other one. And, and the Lion King. Yeah. Oh, the Lion God. King is a real thing. I mean, Lion King made me suffer when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, that stupid monkey puzzle. Oh, oh god. my god. I, oh. <laughs> Just can't wait to be king. God, I hope uh, you I can't drown. Wait to throw this game out the, <laughs> out the balcony. That's what I can't wait for. I uh, actually beat that thing uh, regular on the Super NES when I was a kid, like just child patience, I suppose. Oh, I, I cheated. I cheated with the hell of that game. Like I just like E A R R Y. I remember to this day. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. You uh, really do. From there, Fujiwara would found Whoopi Camp in 1996, where he would work as the producer, designer, and director for their only two titles, Tomba and Tomba to the Evil Swine Return. Uh, he would then establish Deep Space, where he would be the executive producer on Extermination and the executive producer and director on Hungry Ghosts. There are only two titles as well, much like Whoopi Camp. Uh, after those ventures, Capcom brought him in uh, to work on the design of Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins, a game I know that is uh, near and dear to Jeremy Parrish's heart, and by that I mean he hates that game with every fiber of his being. <laughs> I remember that when he wrote about that. That was a real blow-up. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that, too. I was like, ooh, ooh, boy. He is getting slogged in the comments. Holy hell. Yes. Uh, he consulted on Bionic Commando Rearmed and has uh, er, and was the designer and director credit on the recently released Ghosts and Goblins Resurrected as well. Oh, good for him. He's so busy. He's, yeah, he's still yeah. in the game. Been going strong. Impressive. So to speak. Yeah. <laughs> the next, we're going to go over the planners and designers, and then we'll do the uh, the composers because I kind of have to do that because you know uh, that's just my jam is the music stuff. Anyway, uh, first up is Yoshinoro Takanaka. Uh, from what I could tell, it looks like Takanaka started his uh, career in the game industry with Capcom in about 1989. Uh, his first credits would be the design on Ducktales and Destiny of an Emperor. From there, Takanaka would work on the Adventures in the Magic Kingdom, Mega Man Three and Four, Magic Sword, Wily and Wright, No Rock Board. That's Paradise, a board game adaptation of Mega Man on the NES, which I did not know existed until I was starting to do this research. Yes. So. Very curious about what that is now. I want to see that. <laughs> it's kind of a Monopoly-like game. Okay. But you don't play as Mega Man. He's more of a host. So you're playing as Wily, Light. It's a natural, it's a natural job. He's a great host. Yeah. You know, Roll, Kalinka. I forget if. I forget if there were other playables. Uh, Dr. Cossack. Okay. And, uh, like, they each have their own endings, like, you know, their own goals for when they strike oh, okay. it rich or whatever. 
So it's got a cute little bit of lore and like you know graphics and stuff. But yeah, they were go. It looked like they were going to bring it over here at some point, and then they didn't. So is it like a Fortune Street kind of deal, or is it just more straight up Monopoly than that? So it's just like a direct. Yeah. Honestly, I haven't really played it myself because uh, I think by the time a patch came out, I just never got around to it. If there is a patch for that matter. Um, but I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's not like one-to-one Monopoly as far as I know, but I don't know how close it is to Fortune Street either. So it's like Monopoly-ish, I guess. Monopoly adjacent. There we go. We can go with that. <laughs> I, I think you can get cards that'll have like different robot masters and you can have like they'll have different effects like on other players or you. Okay. But I guess that's sort of like chance or community chest or something in a way, too. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I was kind of hoping one of you guys knew about that one because I, like I said, this was news to me when I was doing or was, you know, was pulling the uh, the game credits in uh, Moby Games and other sources. And I was like, oh, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> I think the reason why it wasn't localized is because uh, they thought it was like too close to gambling, you know? Oh, all. yeah, I'd heard I'd heard about that. But then Nintendo Power has like Monopoly for the NES and like Howard and Nestor running around the board and losing all their money and stuff. So I don't and they know. also have Wall Street Kid, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literal gambling. There is You're a like, fantastic uh. music video, quote unquote, for lack of a better term, where someone did like, uh, what's the name of that? Uh, Let the days go by. What's the name of that song? Oh, uh, uh, same. Same as it ever was? Yeah, it has a name, doesn't it? It has an actual Oh, I don't know. Well, anyway, it was that song kind of set to a lot of, like, get video game footage, and, like, one of them was, like, the Wall Street kid losing all his money and stuff like that. It was very appropriate. <laughs> right, it's a talking, right. It's a Talking Heads song. I, yeah, I don't yeah. I forget what the name of the song is, though, so, yeah. I'm just as useless in the conversation. <laughs> you may find yourself. That one. You guys are going to make I've me dig that up, aren't you? I've got it on my playlist here. I just don't... It's uh... like their most famous song. Too, yeah, and I can't remember the name of it, cause I'm just, because it's... It's Saturday, I think. I'm blanking out. Or is it Sunday? It's Sunday. I'm blanking out. It's Sunday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, kind of getting back on track there. Um, you oh, would also if work... I could just add one oh, other thing. Absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think I did use some of the uh, like little lore aspects for some of the bios in the Mega Man Robot Master Field Guide from oh. uh, Rockboard. So it's been a while, though. Uh, I don't know how much like really uh, made it in or how much there was to put in. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. Like a... Okay, yeah. That, I mean, that's sort of one of those things that, like, eh, kind of like just passing information would be kind of nice to have in there because that is such a weird choice for Mega Man is a board game that's Monopoly-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Not really the character I would have thought for that. Anyway, um, getting back on to Takanaka, he also worked on Breath of Fire. Uh, yeah, Mega Man yes. X, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse and or Mickey and Minnie on the GBA. Uh, he'd also move on to the producer role for Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Mega Man 8 and X4, Breath of Fire 3, Pocket Fighter, and Magical Tetris Challenge, which um, I can't really say much about, but I know the Game Boy version has a pretty fun soundtrack. It's quite the catalog. Yeah. Uh, these days it looks like he's with Game Republic, and his more recent games he's been credited with are Genji Dawn of, Sol- or Genji Dawn of the Samurai, Folklore, Knight's Contract, Maijin and the Forsaken Kingdom, Brave Story, New Traveler, and Dragon Ball Origins. Wow, ah. folklore. Oh. I haven't heard of that game in a long time. <laughs> I just sold my copy for like $80. <laughs> so, oh, way to go. Yeah. That when that when that whole uh, kerfuffle with uh, the PS3 store being taken down came up, that uh, that popped up and that price uh, shot right up. And I was like, jumping on that one. Goodbye, folklore. <laughs> <laughs> so, now so is your to the folklore game club, I guess. We're do. <laughs> well, that's all I know about it because I never actually got around to playing it. But I was like, yeah, it's 80 bucks, And I think I bought this thing for like 15 So goodbye. <laughs> 
All right, next person is Shosuge. Uh, they kind of seem a bit like a ghost. I couldn't find much of anything on them um, beyond a few credits on Moby Games and a brief passage in the translation of the liner notes for Rockman X Alf uh, Lila album, which I found on schmuppulations.com, which I hate that word, but anyway. Uh, their credits include <laughs> design on Mega Man X, uh, one of the graphic designers on Mega Man X 2, and a special thanks in Mega Man 7, which could be nothing really uh the little i could really get from the paragraph in the liner notes is that uh, suge got dragged in to work on the, the then titled super Rockman. seemed to have stalled and they got brought on to help other than that i've really got nothing and that's a little bit of trivia we can kind of get out of the way now it concurrently was either Mega Man x or super Rockman. it was up in the air as to which one they were going to settle on and they just ended up settling on Mega Man x i think so they didn't just follow that trend of super whatever it is yeah yeah I, I think they made the right choice with the uh, Rockman x sounds a lot cooler completely yeah. agree I remember seeing Super Mega Man in a, in like magazines and stuff a lot at the time because everybody was wondering where it was. Uh, when Mega Man 7 finally came around, that was actually more what I was expecting from a Super Mega Man than what X was. But Yeah, I would kind of just expect more of the same. I, I really appreciate that they did more of a departure for X. So Yeah. Right. Yeah, they kept, they kept the core, though. But yeah, they, they took more chances. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I think that song was Once in a Lifetime. It is. Right. That's oh. it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a lifetime. I get it now. <laughs> I guess you guys are going to kill me with having to dig up these uh, sound clips here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. All right, next up, Masahiko Kurokawa. This is the person that caused me the most headaches when researching this one. Uh, there's a Masayoshi Kurokawa who also used to work at Capcom, and that caused an unholy amount of checking and cross-referencing to make sure I got the correct person, because even Moby Games has Masayoshi credited with a few things that Masahiko did. <laughs> so that was just... Yeah, I, I, in our Slack channel, I, uh, I vented for a good, like, ten minutes about, um, how much of a pain in the ass this was being. I had to walk away for a while last night and do somebody, and do other people, because I was just like, I, oh my god, why, 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 why is all of this wrong? God damn it. <laughs> he, he, was, he was going through it. <laughs> and that weighs on your soul. Uh, yeah. I think I got it right, because it doesn't, otherwise, um, if it was Masayoshi Kurokawa, this is literally the first Mega Man game they worked on. Uh-huh. And that kind of makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, Masahiko uh, started with Capcom in 1985 with his role on the NES version of Commando. Uh, this would be the first game he worked on with producer Takoru Fujiwara, who he would collaborate with for the rest of his career. Masahiko would work on the NES version of Strider, uh, which, you know, when you see Strider and sort of the connection with Mega Man X, starts making a little sense. Uh, mm-hmm. From there, he would work on Chippendale Rescue Rangers with KJ Inafune, Mega Man 3, which, again, like, okay, so this makes more sense that it's Masahiko, not Masayoshi, who just comes out of nowhere like, hey, I'm working on a Mega Man game. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I like Mega Man now. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Uh, Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse, Mega Man 5, 6, 7, and finally on Resident Evil. After that, he left Capcom when Takoru Fujiwara left to form Whoopi Camp. He would work on the Toba games before Whoopi Camp closed up shop. Uh, Fujiwara started another company, Deep Space, as I mentioned earlier, with Kurokawa once again following him, working on their two games before they went out of business as well. After that, Kurokawa became a professor at a few vocational schools in Japan, teaching in the gaming career departments at the ECC Computer College and the Human Academy Company. He unfortunately passed away in July 2008, and I've seen some things where he's credited with some work in, like, as early as, like, 2013. I'm like, okay. So this this poor guy's career, I think I, I almost think like this is like something I would like like Matt Leone to dig up on this guy and like start trying to figure out his uh, what he did and everything that he did for sure, because he's I think Matt Leone's like one of the best at doing that stuff. Oh, yeah. Matt Leone, his uh, oral history of Final Fantasy seven is still one of the best pieces out there of, on the game, period. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm not even a big fan of Final Fantasy seven. And I read that and it was just like, holy God, Matt Leone is just amazing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, he's uh 
he's been in this industry longer than I have, and that's saying a lot. And I respect the hell out of him because when it comes to research and reports and stuff like that, there's no one else who's as thorough as he is. No, no. Um, I, I I am like the first-year professor at something, and, um, you know, uh, Matt Leone's totally got tenure everywhere he goes, as far as I'm oh, concerned. Oh, absolutely. If I'm the scientist of this place, so. <laughs> Good metaphor. I like it. There we go. <laughs> All right, next up is a little guy, and the last one is uh, Keiji Inafune. It uh, probably doesn't need much oh. in the way of introduction. Yeah, some guy. Oh, yeah. did anybody else hear that clap of thunder? <laughs> Basically. Uh, uh, that was ominous. Inafune. Hmm. Uh, Inafune. Yeah, well, go ahead and, and, and list off a history, and I'm sure we'll get into oh it. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Strap we'll, we'll, in for this we'll, one, yeah, this one yeah, by yeah. itself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, yeah, just for thoroughness, I, I figured we'd dig in a little bit here, but I tried to hold back a little bit because I figured we could sort of uh, maybe do this a little bit more off the cuff. Uh, Inafune joined Capcom back in 1987, working as an artist and illustrator on Street Fighter and Mega Man. Often credited as the father of Mega Man, his role was more creating an illustration based on the already completed character sprite done by director Akira Kitamura. After that, he would work on an insane amount of Mega Man games varying in roles. I'm not going to go over all of them because it's... Um, Again, obscene. Uh, he'd also work on DuckTales, the art for the first Breath of Fire, the Onimusha series, Zack and Wiki, Quest for Barbarossa's Treasure, Apollo Justice, the first Miles Edgeworth game, Lost Planet 1 and 2, the uh, dead wife in your bionic hot dog arm version of Bionic Commando. <laughs> I hadn't heard the term hot dog arm until uh, Matt McMuscles used it, and now I see it, so I can't unsee it. Yeah. Are you serious? I've never it heard it, no. Oh, man, people were talking about that all the time when that game came out. Yeah, that's all I know. That game was the hot dog arm dead wife game. That's, yeah. what, <laughs> yeah. that's what I know about that game. <laughs> You're correct. That's the, that is the correct assessment. That's all I really need to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Also worked on Ghost Trick and the first two Dead Risings during his 23 years with Capcom. In late 2010, in Inafune left Capcom after a rather public uh, disgruntled speech about the state of Japanese games to form Concept and Intercept. He felt like Japanese games needed some serious revitalizing to keep up with the more recent Western releases and wanted to have more creative control to help do so. Now, I'm not, this is kind of where we'll start diverging from the, uh, you know, um, just what I'm reading here off of his stuff. I'm not going to try to shit on him here, but when he left, he worked on ReCore, something like Mega Man Legends, Mighty Gunvolt, yes. similar to Mega Man, Azure Striker Gunvolt, again, similar to Mega Man Zero, mm -hmm. ya or Yaiba, or Yaiba. Ninja Gaiden Z, a spinoff of the 3D Ninja Gaiden games that plays rather similarly to them. Uh, Mighty Number no. 9, another Mega Man like game and the canceled red ash the indelible legend which was basically just a non uh mega man skin mega man legends uh, also a pun on the japanese name of the series rock band dash so redash again yes. i get why he left capcom he felt like his creativity was being limited um, and everything but in the line uh, bottom line development nature of capcom at the time but to get creative projects done and put some other stuff that seems so similar to your other work is like eh, those those gun the gumball games are pretty good at least they're uh, those are cool. Again, I'm not saying they're bad. It's yeah. just like he made it sound like he had these like wild ideas that he wanted to try, and it was like, oh, I'm just gonna tack on some new ideas to oh. stuff I've done before. Yeah, I mean, it's like Igarashi making Bloodstained. It's just like, like you know, you think. I know he's like an advisor or something on uh, Gunvolt, but I thought that was more into creates baby. Yeah, it was. It's just one of the things like he was credited on as like an advisor, yeah. basically. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, it's yeah. just one of those things that, like, he worked on it, and it's just, like, still, it's, like, all the things you're was, working was, on are literally just things that you've worked on before. Was Recore his game, actually? Not, actually? not his, but he did work on it. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, some guys who were former Retro Studios, and it was mm -hmm. published by uh, Xbox uh, Game Studios. Yeah, yeah, I just forgot he was involved with that game. So. Yeah, I, for I forget what his role was there, but... 
Yeah, I forget too. I, you know, for the sake of being, I don't want to say succinct sometimes, I try to skim a little bit of this stuff. And that was just, especially with, uh, you know, Inafune, I was like, I, I, I can't go over everything because dear God, we'll be yeah. here all day. <laughs> yeah. My main problem at the end of the day is just, okay, he's had a lot of failures. There was, I think his last game before at level five, really, or even after level five bought him concept was some sort of like weird mobile dice game thing that never saw release outside of Japan. It really kind of flopped. And it, was, was of that course, the pirate one or no, no, no. This okay. was I think else. that was, I think that might've gotten canceled before it came out. Now that I think about it. Yeah. That yes. pirate game did get canceled. That's one of the things I remember reading. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, okay. So he's had a lot of failures. I'm sorry. Mighty number no. nine was terrible. I, it's a bad game. It's just not <laughs> so, good. Just not yeah. fun. With a really good soundtrack though. It has, yeah, it's a pretty good soundtrack. Yeah, pretty good. But, um... Money Gun Vault Burst is pretty redeeming on that. Yeah. yeah Azure Gun Vault is pretty cool, too. Okay. Azure Gun Vault is a good series. I don't really associate it with Inafune, though, even though he was, like, kind of on a more advisory role. Mm-hmm. The, the point that I'm trying to make is that I just want him to not apologize, just make himself public again. And I know he'd be taking all the slings and arrows, but... It's just he's trying to pretend nothing happened and nothing's gone wrong. And it's like, I'm sorry, dude, you have a string of really bad things that went terribly wrong behind Mm. you. And I understand, you know, I don't blame him for the Kickstarter. It just got way out of hand. And this was when Kickstarters were really Mm. kind of new and fun and exciting. And everyone thought that they were going to be the answers to our problems. So, okay, you screwed that up real bad. But you're not the only person. At least you delivered a product. There are so many yes. Kickstarters that don't do that. Part of a product. He didn't get out the 3DS version. I don't think the PSP version is coming either. But <laughs> any day now, not don't don't give, don't give up. Okay. Any day now. <laughs> but just come out and say, you know, sorry, it all didn't really work out. I still want to make games for you. And I think people would be people would kind of eventually a lot of the scorn around him would evaporate. And he still has potential as a as a developer obviously he has a huge resume behind him i feel yeah. like he's not done he could still do great things he's just got to kind of get his head out of his butt i guess that's just how i feel was uh red ash ever officially canceled though last i heard it was bought up by like uh or funded by some chinese company and then it just kind of disappeared yeah i haven't heard of it i just i didn't know it was actually canceled though i thought it i thought i read it was i could be wrong though i mean, um, I, mean I, I believe you as i believe good you. as canceled at this point <laughs> yeah it's like I, I believe it's canceled if you tell me that it's, yeah i don't remember i don't remember good. the announcement good as at this point but at least we got that neat little anime out of it yeah there's like a 22 minute episode or something yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot that even existed. I was that was one of those things I was going to wait until it came out to watch, or the game came out to watch. It was like you know, just sort of a nice supplementary thing, and then um, yeah, the game's. Uh, and to to kind of tack on to your point, Jason, I see where you're coming from because yes, a lot of developers do leave their parent companies to make games that are more like what people wanted from them. Like of course, uh, Yurden Chronicles is a great example, and everyone's really excited for that because that's like Suikoden, and mm-hmm. Igarashi, of course, with Bloodstained. We all know how that went. But I guess actually I don't. Game... I still haven't got my copy after I paid for it on Kickstarter. Still waiting. That, that, that <laughs> game gets cool. Once you once you break the shit out of that game, it gets pretty cool. It's, it's uh, a cool game. Like yeah. it's not as good as Symphony, but it's still a really fun uh, yeah. Metroidvania. I really enjoyed it. It was certainly better than um, Mighty Number no. Nine. Oh yeah, yes. And but the point is, I think people feel more sympathy for those developers because they were kind of more squeezed out of their workplace. Konami, mm-hmm. of course, was a horrible, toxic waste dump. Probably still is, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Whereas Inafune, yes, did make a very kind of loud departure about how Japanese games suck. Now I'm going to make something better, and he kind of went back to his old ways, <laughs> his old catalog in many ways. You're yeah. right. 
Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you, Nadia. I think if he just sort of like came out, admitted like, hey, you know, I screwed this up, but I've still got a lot of stuff I want to get done and I would really appreciate yeah. your support. Like, just admit you screwed up. He has got such a legacy behind him that I feel like eh, it's, you know, it's forgivable. I mean, you know, people might make, make fun of it for like a few months if he came out publicly and apologized. And then after that, just like, oh, Inafune, the guy that made all those incredible games that I loved as a kid. OK, let's give him another shot. Yeah, yeah I right. feel like if he apologized and say joined in on another project instead of trying to direct it. People would be like, oh, okay, that's cool. I like that idea. I think he just needs direction, obviously. Uh, <laughs> right. He hasn't apologized, but I think the stuff like Gun Vault is him doing just that, and people aren't very happy about it, so that really? apology Gunvolt's, may be key. Gun Vault's a, a pretty... Or are they just mad that he's on it, and he's, like, not apologized for anything? I think that's basically it. Oh, uh, okay, well... Like, well, he should he should say, hey, I'm here, I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah, saying sorry is a, goes a long way for things to kind of. I think people move on pretty quickly if he did. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he's like, he is, like, I said, like everyone said, his legacy is it speaks for itself. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, the internet's terrible. I will not deny that. It would be like a few days of probably total heck for him. But things do settle down. Like, look what happened. No Man's Sky is uh, the team went through some really awful things, but mm-hmm. once they kind of came out and said, "Okay, here's we're making this better. We're doing better," uh, people feel a lot more positively towards no man's sky now and it's still a great game with a pretty active user base uh of course the the best example of we're sorry uh, coming into fruition was final fantasy 14 with uh 1.0 and <laughs> yeah now just it's like causing a game the apocalypse that's so popular. <laughs> yeah we're just gonna cause the apocalypse <laughs> blow it up <laughs> it worked out yeah. you can't get into the game now because it's so popular apparently yeah. Yeah. i've never i haven't had problems but some people have hindsight is 2020 and all but yeah uh, looking back historically, Infinity's biggest mistake was probably leaving Capcom. I agree because they like. I guess I can kind of see where he's coming from. That like it felt like some of the stuff that they were making at the time, like the early HD era, was a little mm-hmm. like derivative of Western developers, and they just hadn't quite got their. I don't yeah, want to say I bearings, mean, but Capcom I, was very bad for that at the time. Look at uh, what they did with like Bionic Final Commando. Fight and <laughs> Devil May Cry and. It yes. all went terribly wrong for the man. Hot dog, white farm, of course. Yes. Well, not just derivative, but they were using actual Western developers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, Lost Planet also came out of that. And But I think, I think, you know, it would have been put in, like, definitely a more senior role. And I think it would be very valuable in a role like that at this point. Yeah. yeah I, I think, think he had... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, said, I just think he'd be way more valuable in a senior role than as a... Because he seems to have lost a bit of the touch, obviously, based on his output. So, but I... But, I mean... Uh, I think he has, still has plenty of value uh, as an advisor. Maybe more exactly. as a creative fellow like Miyamoto is. Yeah. <laughs> he's de- yeah, he's definitely a lot more of a quote-unquote creative fellow than a, a guy who belongs in a, a seat of authority. Yeah, I think <laughs> they've kind of promoted him out of that uh, and out of his comfort zone. So, Yeah, that didn't help. I think a similar thing happened to Yuji Naka and, well, whew. Ooh, let's have a Balan Wonderland. I actually <laughs> just got a copy of it on Xbox uh, delivered to my doorstep today, and I'm uh, I'm very anxious to give it a shot. <laughs> I'm actually reading, I never made a good game. <laughs> I, I bought the novel that came with it on my phone. I'm just kind of reading it, and it's like, okay, now the game makes sense. Why couldn't you say this in the game? Oh, God, okay. So I'm going to have to read a book? To, okay, well, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Ew, reading. Ew, but, yeah. gross. The, the worst, absolute worst thing to come of Inafune leaving, of course, and its anniversary was just like days ago, is the, oh. basically the cancellation of Mega Man Legends 3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually, uh, that 
uh, thread you had retweeted, David. I uh, I followed that and read through it. I was like, holy god, yeah, I forgot what a shitstorm this was. Oh yeah. <sighs> a lot of people haven't forgotten either. I mean, uh, I hate to say it, but it was kind of naive of Inafune to think, oh, well, if the fans are involved, they won't cancel this. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? <laughs> yeah, and that just made people really... I, I think for a while there was a level of disdain for Capcom that Konami now has. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. yeah, well, Cap- Capcom like kept making games as the thing that <laughs> saved them, you know? Fair <laughs> yeah. point, Konami. yeah. Yeah, Konami just makes Plinko, Pachinko. Yeah. <laughs> Not Plinko, Pachinko. Yeah. And, uh, and waste IP. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Erotic yeah. vampire, or whatever it was called. Like that <laughs> horrible Castlevania pachinko machine. Oh, they also have, um, they also started a line of t-shirts that people are very angry about, because, um, why won't you give us games, but you'll give us t-shirts, you assholes? Thanks. Apparently they own gyms in, yes. in they don't care. They, they have more money than God. Yeah. They, they don't do. care about games. No. At least yeah. Capcom is learning. Capcom is still trying to give us, okay, here, Capcom's like, okay, we screwed up, here's Things are better now. I mean, here's Monster Hunter. Here's Monster Hunter Rise, like, which is a great game. And uh, we, they gave us Mega Man 11, but God knows what their plans for Mega Man are now. I couldn't yeah, even tell. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Resident Evil's have been doing really well for them lately, and I've really enjoyed them. Um, yeah. They're my favorite developer, so I'm glad that they're out of the rut that they were in for a long time. Yeah. I mean, Dragon's Dogma 2 is coming out soon, at, at some point. Oh, so that's right. Yes. Yeah, so. I thought that technically came out as a Japan-only release. I think they even called it Dragon's Dogma 2, didn't they? think so i mean i could be totally wrong i but swear I there was a ps4 version that was like like really like a lot more online it didn't really have the pawn focus as much as the first which i think is a mistake um i do not know i do not, i just know that it exists okay. <laughs> in some more <laughs> fashion dragon talking about two exists um yeah and then and on the other side of things konami is just waiting to sell metal gear solid off for a lot of money at some point that's what they're gonna Sad. do yeah as, as yeah. far as Mega Man goes the latest i've heard and just treat this as a rumor, but I think it's a little more substantial than that, but treat it as a rumor. Okay. I've been hearing about Rockman Tizen, which is supposedly got the biggest budget of any Mega Man game in a long time, if not ever. Huh. I would need to double check on that, but Proto Dude's been talking about it, and uh, he knows more about it than I do. But yeah, so we're going to get a, a Mega Man game with a budget uh, same time around the same time as a Metroid game with a budget. That would be nice. <laughs> oh, by the way, what was this uh, thing about T-shirts from Konami that everybody's angry about? Oh, like, they they started stuff? selling merchandise of their uh, of their video game, uh, yeah, uh, of, of their of series. They did. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> every time Wario sixty four uh, puts the link up on Twitter, there is a very huge like "fuck you, Konami, fuck you, make a game." They have so many great IP. Yes, they have so yes. many great IP. They're just They're sitting just... on them all, or killed yeah. some outright. All right, we got we got to keep we got to keep this going. Yeah, let's go, go. Let's go. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Sorry, okay. No, you're fine. No problem. That was a fun conversation. <laughs> I enjoyed that.
then finally, the music composers. Uh, first up is Setsuo Yamamoto, uh, who started with Capcom back in 1992 and still works there today. He's another with a credit list so expansive that even hitting the highlight reel is almost a bit overwhelming. So I'll just uh, say he worked on Mighty Final Fight, Mega Man X, the Street Fighter Alpha series, Rival Schools, and its sequel, Project Justice, and Strider 2. And those are just the highlights of the highlights. Um, the liner notes that I mentioned earlier for that um, rearranged or that arranged album for Mega Man X uh, did say like he drew inspiration um, for Mega Man X from the idea that X is more badass than Mega Man, so he wanted to make the music a little <laughs> bit more hard hitting. And considering he did the title theme, opening stage, Zero's theme, Flame Mammoth, and all the Sigma stage and Sigma God, fight damn. music, I'd say he was pretty <laughs> successful with that kind of badass feel. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's one of the best soundtracks on the SNES, bar none. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. It rips. <laughs> so. I um I just tracked down the uh, Mega Man X um, vinyl box set, and the Mega Man X one and, and and four have been kind of like I don't want to say nonstop, but been nonstop on my player for a while now. I, I oh, adore absolutely. the X one soundtrack. I was actually a little disappointed to go to two and see. I think that the music in two is a downgrade. Still has some great bangers, but. Mm-hmm. It has a much more synthetic sound that I don't like quite as much. Yes, yeah, same here. I knew there was something different about it, but I could never quite put it into words. But yeah, it just sounded like a downgrade to me from the first. Like, the tunes are all right, but just the sound didn't quite match up. Um, And you'll kind of see why based on the uh, person who did it and what the kind of music they write today. Uh, Next up is Makoto Tomozawa. they joined Capcom in 1993, where it would stay until 2003. His first work seems to have been uh, Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge for the Game Boy, but that was two years prior to joining Capcom properly, so it was like basically freelance gig, which I think is a pretty good freelance gig, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, Tomazawa's list of games he's worked on is pretty impressive as well, with Mega Man 7, uh, Resident Evil 1, 2, and the remake of 1, Mega Man Legends 1 and 2, Dino Crisis 1 and 2, and finally Piano 3. Uh, following Piano 3, he would leave Capcom and join DIMS, a Japanese game developer studio, Eventually, Dimps would start working with Capcom, and he would have a chance to work on the Sound of Street Fighter 4, as well as the Super and Ultra version of Super Street Fighter 4, or of Street Fighter 4, and Mega Man 10 as well. Uh, you mentioned Mega Man and Dr. Wily's Revenge being like kind of a freelance thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Game Boy games were outsourced to another company. I always forget the name of it, but um, I know that uh, 2 was like, you know, a different one from the rest. Right. But in any case, they might have well worked with that company and moved over to Capcom, so. Oh, okay. That's, uh, yeah, because I think I think Canada is the only like region that actually had the credits in the box because I think there's no in-game credits when you're um, after you beat the game. And I think that was the only way somebody was able to source like who actually worked on this game. And they saw that that Tomazawa worked on it. So it was like, oh, well, clearly worked on the music for it. I couldn't tell you. That's one of the few games I have not beaten and have little interest in trying. <laughs> oh, what? You don't like the fact that Mega Man takes up two-thirds of the screen? <laughs> no, really kind of defeats the purpose. I like the fact that it gets me killed. Well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan. I remember playing it when I was a kid, but it was just one of those like, oh, we got it. It was you know given to us, and it's just like, well, we've got it, so I guess we just play it. <laughs> I've tried again and again over the years, and every now and then I'll think, okay, you know what? I'm older. I'm better. I'm probably, you know, I've got more experience. I can probably do this now. Nope. <laughs> Well, why, why not just save state it? I think that might be the only way to go about it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Tomazawa is responsible for what are likely my two favorite tracks in the game. Um, probably the basic bitch answers, but uh, Spark Mandrill and Storm Eagle's theme. Oh, those are so, those are just like hard driving <laughs> SNES rock at its peak. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really hard not to like those two. They're just incredible. I, I just, and the fact that they put those two like back to back on the soundtrack, I'm like, this is almost not fair to the rest of the soundtrack. <laughs> it's like split <laughs> it up. 
That's interesting, considering the way the two stages are yeah, related, I was, too. I was mm-hmm. just thinking that myself. That's a, that is interesting. It is kind of interesting. Wonder, wonder if the soundtrack's ordered like that. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to look at it again because I, I don't. I don't think you guys want me digging out a um a eight vinyl uh, thing right now that weighs like ten pounds. <laughs> so uh, we want the, we want the ASMR of you opening up all the vinyl stuff. Uh, all right, next up, and this is the person I mentioned. Uh, here is Yuki Iwai who joined Capcom in 1991 and will work on, surprise, surprise, a ton of iconic uh, Capcom games, starting with Gargoyles Quest 2 for the NES. Uh, she would then work on Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Final Fight 2, Goof Troop, Mega Man X2, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Street Fighter 3, Pocket Fighter, Tech Romancer, and Project Justice. And while she only did one track for Mega Man X1, which is Chill Penguin, she composed all of Mega Man X2 by herself. And oh. this is where you're ah. going to see where, like, the kind of more synthetic um, tones is more her style. Uh, she would leave Capcom in 2000 to form Wavelength, Wavelength Zeal along with her husband, uh, Takayuki Iwai, who also worked on music in Capcom. Uh, since then, she's worked on R-Type Final, Twinkle Star Sprites, La Petite Princess, and R-Type Tactics. Wavelength Zeal would close in 2013, uh, but would sort of start back up again, um, again with her and just her husband, under the name Zeal Star Do Q M A L. I don't know how you uh. say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so far, the only work uh, credited to them is R-Type Final 2, so that's kind of where the heavy synthetic uh, music style kind of comes into play there for Mega Man X2. Huh. Hmm. Oh, I learned a thing today. That's sort of, oh my now god. Now we I, know. I, I, oh my god, I taught somebody something. Yay! <laughs> 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 All right, uh, we'll go through these last two pretty quickly here. Yuko Takahara uh, joined Capcom in the early 90s with her first game um, releasing in 1993, or first games she worked on released in 1993. Those were Mighty Final Fight, Mega Man X, and Mega Man six as the sole composer a final fight two and aladdin uh she would also have a special credits in the punisher arcade game but i couldn't find what that was for and we all know those special credit or special thanks credits can just be for no real reason at all like oh they brought us a cup of coffee let's say thank you yeah (laughs) yeah basically (laughs) gotta be appreciative yeah uh, she would stay on with Capcom until the 2000s, or the early 2000s, working on other games such as Mega Man 7, Street Fighter Alpha, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel Super Heroes vs. Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom, and the GBA version of Four Swords. She would also uh-huh. do Pump Man stage in Mega Man 10. I was a little surprised she only did uh, Boomer Kowanger's theme, but when I saw she also did all of Mega Man 6 by herself at the same time, I can kind of totally see why. Uh, they seem to have worked her pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this game has a lot of credits. I yeah. a lot of music credits. Yeah, there's five yeah, composers. Yeah. It's kind of intense. I was a little surprised. Yeah, they could, they are involved in so many games that I love. <laughs> also, they were with great soundtracks. So, anyway, one more, one more person, Jason. One more, and then we are done. And I, will, right. yeah, yeah. All right, and that is uh, Toshihiko Horiyama, who composed the password theme for Mega Man X. Uh, wow. Yeah. The little Mets. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great little screen. Uh, Horiyama joined Capcom in 1993 and still remains there today. He's worked on Demon's Crest, Mega Man 7, X4 as the sole composer, which is my second favorite X soundtrack, The Misadventures of Tron Bon, Onimusha 1 and 2, Mega Man Battle Network 4, Mega Man Powered Up, Apollo Justice, Phoenix Wright Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice, and the remake of Resident Evil 3. So yeah, there is a ton of uh, musical talent in Capcom that kind of uh, got, I want to say flung around quite a bit, but they got worked pretty hard. They did. Impressive that they kept up with the quality when they were doing that much work all the time. That's uh, so a lot of those soundtracks mm. are great. Also love the Battle Network shout out. I was wondering if we're going to get one. 
was a, yeah, I got one. I yeah, like yeah. I mean, you know, Inafune worked on that as well, but I was just, again, I was not going to list every single Mega Man game that uh, he worked on because we don't have the time for that. <laughs> it's, it's like, look up a list of every Mega Man game, yeah. find Mega Man 11, and he's pretty much on everything before that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, all right, and I guess I will um, kind of sit back with my lab coat because, again, it never comes off even in the shower. All right. Thank you, Jason. That was uh, extensive as always. I love hearing about my favorite developer, and uh, I love how many of the people were involved in such a such a large catalog of games that are all that are mostly really good. There's some. Yeah. It's, uh, it's impressive, and it goes to show how much talent was on this uh, this release, which is Mega Man X, which we haven't talked about directly for a while now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my bad. That's sorry. What the podcast is about. Speaking of talking for a while now, Vanessa, how are you doing? Is it good like, to go soaking, soaking in the history over here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for taking up all the atmosphere, all the oxygen. No, no, this is great. And I feel like uh, I was like, I have nothing to add to this historical conversation. You guys don't know you're Mega Man. That's great. <laughs> uh, uh, Vanessa, since you, uh, and as someone who's played this for the first time, can you like just give us some th- some of your like your thoughts on Mega Man X? What do you, what'd you think playing it? Um, I like I liked it. Um, I struggled with a little bit even on Ricky Hunter mode for for a long time. I, it turns out I'm really bad at discovering features of games, um, mm. so that opened my eyes to this one because there's not you know no one tells you that there's like a secondary shot for each weapon. And I'm happy that um, that Jason was like, go look at how you should beat these villains. That will make your life so much easier. Um, but once I started getting the hang of it and, um, you know, learned how to effectively like use the dash and wall dash and basically figured out how to use the controls, it got a lot better for me. Um, but yeah, it's, a. I feel like you have to be really okay to like struggle for a little bit until you figure it out. Yeah. If you want to enjoy this game. (laughs) One manner in which the game is kind of tricky is that the dash is absolutely necessary and, they do make it kind of mandatory, but it's in Shell Penguin stage, so you have to find that out for yourself. So that mm-hmm. kind of indicates, okay, Shell Penguin should be your first target. When I first played the game, I understand that feeling of being lost. I actually beat Storm Eagle, the first was my first Maverick, and that That's was without tough. the dash. So that was a lot of luck and a lot of retries. Yeah, that would have been so hard. <laughs> yeah. So controversial, controversial question time. Face button dash or shoulder button dash? I uh, use face button dash. Face, always face. Yeah, um, face also. I normally double tap forward to dash. You madman. <laughs> I, tried, I, I, tried I forgot that, about that. I, I tried that because you recommended that, and I was like, ah, I still, I prefer, I prefer the button. I prefer, like, basically clawing, having, having a claw going on my controller at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, because uh, I have 
to master jump, wall jumping and dashing and charge shotting all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, anytime I get stuck or anytime I do a wall, of course you have to use the, uh, the dash or the, the face button, but that's normally mm-hmm. what I use. But anytime I um, play this on an emulator or something like that, I will um, put the, uh, put the dash on one of the shoulder buttons. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I just, uh, I played on an emulator and I just kind of played with the base setup it gave me. It felt pretty good on the, um, the Xbox controller actually. I was a little, mm. um, yeah, I think I had B to dash and then A to jump and X to shoot. I mean, that felt, that felt pretty good. So, uh, Vanessa, you played the Legacy Collection, correct? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, I know Jason was particular about the lag and that. I don't know if Nadia and David agree about the lag in the Legacy Collection. I did not play it, so I don't, I, I don't know. don't recall having a problem, but I am not a pixel-perfect speedrunner sort of game player. Uh, David, did you have any problems? I'm trying to remember how much of that one in particular I played on there, uh, because I kind of just went through everything, like, you know, for it, but I don't remember noticing much in the way of slowdown. Yeah, it was, uh, for me, it... it... I hadn't. I didn't really have a problem with it in handheld mode on the Switch, but I tried it on the Xbox. Um, I, I have this game on the Xbox and the Switch, the Legacy Collection, because you know I love Mega Man X. But um, right yeah, <laughs> that I just I had such a hard time. Like I could literally touch it and like look at the controller, touch it, and by the time I look up, Mega Man would finally jump. It was that much <laughs> of a lag. And then I, David, you might remember retweeting this, but a few um, weeks ago, I was—I actually played it on the—I actually hooked up my old Super Nintendo and played the Super Famicom version on a CRT, and was just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like the difference is just astounding. Even um, the PS2 version, um, the lag input is pretty negligible. I, I found the Legacy Collection to be pretty bad in everything but the Switch handheld. But again, this is just me—just my anecdotal thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a, uh, I mean, with wireless controllers, there's usually some latency involved. But uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to remember, like when I played it back when it came out, and uh, but yeah, I saw that, and that was like, what the. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have too much issue with. Um, I tried it on the, I have it on the, um, the new 3ds too, and the only issue I had with that is the face buttons are too small, and it's a little hard to uh, play it just because of that, because the you know just the constant kind of charging, shooting, jumping, dashing yeah. sort of thing. It's a little tough there. But um, the Wii U Virtual Console version played pretty flawlessly outside of when my controller decided to start having issues and not wanted to connect properly. But when it was working fine, it was just like, oh, this plays just like it does on the Super Nintendo nearly. I'll have to give it another look. I mean, I might just I might have just played the original enough that it's. I don't know, I guess maybe I was compensating without realizing it. I don't know. Yeah, that was sort of my thing was like, am I am I comp- have I been compensating enough with versions that are a little bit laggier that this is like or like I said, the version on the uh on the handheld version of the Switch, I wasn't noticing it nearly as much as I did as soon as I put it in dock mode or tried it on the Xbox, it was like, oh wow, there's a decidable difference here. Hmm. Uh, Vanessa, did you notice if it have any issues on the Switch? You play handheld, I'm assuming? That's what I usually yeah, play. Yeah, I play there, handheld. So. Uh, yeah, but I did notice a little bit of lag issues. But then also, I was, you know, I'm not great at this game anyway, so I don't know how much the lag actually affected my gameplay, but I did <laughs> notice some lag on the handheld mode on the Switch. Uh, I will say my emulation, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this is common in the game. I feel like it probably isn't. Uh, might have been about emulation. I got some slowdown, some serious slowdown in a few areas, uh, especially armadillo, uh, armadillo stage. Uh, on one, yeah, that, so that'd be natural to the original, actually. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, so just just making sure I wasn't just had a bad emulation, but yeah, I got some serious slowdown. It didn't. I don't think it ever. Got, I think it might have gotten killed one time, but um, 
once I realized it was happening, I tried to kill as many enemies as I could on the screen to help me out, help myself out a little bit. Uh, but yeah. you're, you're talking the minecart with all the uh, yeah, robot yeah, birds. The very last ride yeah. on the minecart. Oh yeah, no, that's that. Th- yeah, that just becomes a that just becomes a yeah. slowdown fest there for a little bit. Yeah. I wish okay. they would fix that though, because that's like such an incredible part of the game where you like feel so weightless, but it's so slow because yeah. of yeah. all the enemies. Yeah, it's almost like a slow mo section of a movie or something. And you're like, oh, this is really cool. I'd, I'd, yeah. I would love to see that sped up, kind of. I, I think I think I did that by design, but really weird design. It doesn't feel intentional to me if that's what they're going for. But um, hey, maybe. I might be thinking of something else. Uh, as far as like the uh, emulation and stuff, I mean, like uh, I know can't remember if it was Capcom or Digital Eclipse, but they were like, "Yeah, we're keeping the uh, slowdown and everything." So because it was designed to run that way. So. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, because Digital Eclipse didn't work on the X Legacy Collection. They worked on the, uh, just the regular one. Yeah, they just did the uh, first uh, Mega Man Legacy Collection. Right. Which is not great. Sick. First, first collection is really good. Um, I've not played this collection, so I can't speak on it. Um, so for myself, as the other person who's played the least amount of this game, uh, I I had played this game before. Just to clarify, I have, I have played Mega Man. I have a friend, my, my best friend growing up in, uh, uh, in school, <clears throat> and still a good friend to this day, uh, is a big fan of the X series in particular. I've seen him play through uh, X1 through 4 quite a bit. Uh, I think X4 is his favorite. And uh, so I am pretty familiar with this game, even though I every time I touched it, because he was so good at it, that every time I touched it, I just felt like I shouldn't be playing because it's, <laughs> because as someone I play, I mean, I, I do, I'm pretty good at Mega Man, but like X is such a mechanically denser game in comparison mm-hmm. that you, you feel like you, you should be, I feel like, oh man, I'm not even, I should, he's, he's, I should be, I should be dashing more and doing all and tra- holding and charging more. And I just never got comfortable with it when I played it before. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Actually, the one I played the most as a, as a, as a, as a youth was a uh, Mega Man X seven, which is a really sad statement. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually beat, I actually nearly beat that game, but it's so bad that I think I got stuck on something that was not my fault. Um, it's a, it's a it's a rough game. And <laughs> uh, you said that's in the that's in the legacy collection. Yeah, it's in this. There's that's two parts to it. If you buy the physical version of it, you'll get that. But if not, um, you have to buy it separately. So because the legacy collection is split up into one through or X one through four in the first one, and then um, um, five through eight, which. If you're gonna, so just so just buy the first one. Kind of, yeah. I was just like, yeah. why would you yeah. put the fourth one on that one too? Because like, really, you're putting the two best Mega Man X games on the same part, and you're not gonna sell too much. Okay, anyway. Yes, you don't get the full the full storyline, which is which gets pretty in depth. I believe oh, X Four gets pretty anime, right? From what I remember, it gets pretty anime. Um, so yeah, so I have played Mega Man X games. Just to clarify that, this is my first time really digging into it and really getting a, get taking taking the time to get pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a it's great it's a great game. Uh, I think, in comparison to the original Mega Man series, I appreciate the uh, the viability of the uh, the Buster versus versus the bosses. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can beat most bo- pretty much every boss if you really really want to with the Mega Buster, and it doesn't feel as um, bashing your head against the wall as some of the bosses in the uh, original series can feel right. without their weaknesses. Um, I, I appreciate that. And I encourage it because there's different effects on levels as um, based on which bosses you beat in which order, uh, which is really cool. And I think that making the Mega Buster more powerful uh, really, really helps encourage you to not get stuck 
doing the same order all the time. You can you can kind of mix it up, and uh, I think that I'm sure that adds some variety to playthroughs. I know everyone in Mega Man games gets their set order they like to do, and uh, they kind of just stick with that. And mm. but I feel like this game probably lends itself more to uh, you can be a little more creative with how you with how you go through the game, and uh, that can uh, I can be speaking on my ass, but I feel like that's that's probably the case. Um, if you want a real challenge, go for Chill Penguin last. <laughs> and, uh, I really enjoyed uh, doing Flame Mammoth stage in, in three minutes, <laughs> and uh, that was uh, so. I don't know if I'd ever want to do that. I like, I really like just dashing through that stage, like it, and uh, and beating him with a Mega Buster pretty quick. I actually enjoyed doing that. So yeah, but it's it's a fantastic game. Like it's, uh, I think it's undeniably a great game. I don't know anyone that could play this and be like, this sucks. I mean, maybe maybe <laughs> you suck, maybe you suck at it, but I feel like hmm. you can just say this game sucks. I think it's just too well made. I don't even know if you could really say this game is like okay. I personally like I feel this is one of the best Super Nintendo games period if not like one of the best games ever made period. Like I Oh, absolutely. This is just so well made. There's so little fat. It controls so so well and I feel like the just the creative little things of the stage effects after, you know, you beat a certain boss a certain way. I I just think all of that adds up to just like a really great experience and it's really hard to I think come at this game and just be like, eh, I had an okay experience with that. It's a yeah. shame that part didn't become a series hallmark. Yeah. They kind of <laughs> stopped that period after this, didn't they? Like, I don't think that happened again. Yeah. I don't think it did. Or if it did, it was in like one game and I'm just not remembering which one. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm mixing it up with the uh, nightmare system in X six, which is like its own. Nightmare? Ball of... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know how, like, it's just weird that the first entry on the Super Nintendo and then the first entry on the PlayStation Saturn, like, felt, like, so good, and then they lost the lost their way again, like, with the sequels. Like, I'm not saying yeah. 5, I'm not saying, like, five's really bad, and 2 and 3 are, aren't bad at all, but just having such an amazing game and then, like, hey, here's a sequel that's pretty good. <laughs> it's like, ugh. Some people actually prefer X2. I, I don't understand what's wrong with them. I mean, uh, I'm not Right there with you, Nadia. I guess I shouldn't be mean about their choices, but I just don't understand it. I think that X is so much more elegant than X2. X2 is still a good game, though. I'm not saying it's bad. Oh, yeah. It's just X felt really revolutionary in a way that X2 certainly does not. Yeah, X definitely feels like a, like I said, like a, early early on in the podcast, it, like it's Mega Man at its core for sure, but they just really did. They they took that formula and just like, I guess they symphony the night of it, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's the it's the Mega Man version of that. It's just taking the core and just expanding on it in uh, ways that make sense and uh, uh, make it one of the most sped run games of all time. I feel like it's this game has to be up there for most speed runs. Absolutely. Yeah. So and it's it's built for speed runs, really. If I'm not mistaken, when I played X2, at least the first time, I can't remember what it was, but. Something about controlling X just felt slightly off compared to X1. I kind of agree with you. It just didn't feel quite right. Like, I don't know if it was like a frame off, like in the way he moves or something, or I I, I don't know what it was. It's just something like in X1, he felt like an extension of me. And in X2, it was not quite that perfect. Close, very close, but just slightly off. Yeah, I will say no death in this game felt like it wasn't my fault. So I, think, yeah. I think that's the best compliment you can give a, a platformer. Is, yeah. I mean, is that it just it just controls so tightly, 
Um, and anytime I I fucked up, I immediately knew I fucked up. And, uh, and then the game the game punishes you punishes you immediately for it too if you fuck up. Yeah. It still has those instant deaths that uh, everyone loves in Mega Man. It's everyone's favorite part of Mega Man. It spikes. Uh, everyone's always like, man, I love the spikes. Give me more spikes. Why can't I have more spikes? Come on! That's what I'm here for. And didn't play Mega Man 9. <laughs> <laughs> play this game ad nauseum uh i'm gonna i think i'll i'll, I'll narrow it down to like what is it that keep that brings you back the most to this game like what's uh nadia i'll ask you first what is it that keeps bringing you back to mega man x uh it has such a, a brisk opening like you spread you press start and you're on this highway and the highway stage is just so perfectly done like imagine oh, i mean not it for the- i mean think about it though first the first thing it, when you press start is mega man shoots Start. <laughs> yeah. Like, that just tells you. That just tells you how badass X is. <laughs> the, the pacifist shoots the start button. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, Nadia. I just had to throw that in there. I'm just like, yeah. So you, you start off on this highway stage. It's, it moves so briskly. And imagine like seeing it for the first time, like on the SNES, when you beat the B blader and the girder falls. Like that's such an incredible effect. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you get to the end, and it's like, I hadn't, read the, I hadn't really read the instruction book before I started the game. So I'm like, oh, who's this jackass in the ride armor? Like, I'm going to kick his ass. And he kicks <laughs> my ass. I'm like, oh, no. And this really cool red robot teleports in. I'm like, oh, shit, it's Proto Man. And of course, it's not Proto Man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was my first introduction to Zero, who I absolutely love as a character. And yeah, and you have that little bit of story exposition. And then it finally gets to those eight robot masters. And it's like, oh, this is so cool. And then, you know, when you're an expert, you can just kind of go in whatever order you want. And I still, I still usually do Chill Penguin first. And then I just go mm-hmm. to Storm Eagle and, and take it from there. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun sort of like reading a poem you love again and again and again. It, it always feels fresh every time. Uh, Jason, how about yourself? Kind of piggybacking off what Nadia said, like it's, it's really just a refreshing game to play, especially as you've, you know, gotten to the point where the three of us have played it as much as we have. It just, it's almost like comfort food in a way. It's just like, okay, I can go to this game and play this and just know I'm going to have a good time. Like from the moment mm-hmm. that game starts with that opening track to, you know, that very last thing of fighting Sigma and you're like, all right, I got this thing. Like that game just never feels like it. There's a dip in the action. It just, it feels so good from start to finish. And I just like in the soundtrack too, for me, like I, it was a little weird, like playing it on my CRT. Cause you know, I don't have any good speakers hooked up to it. So it's just kind of the city, the uh, shitty, uh, you know, stereo speakers that were built into it. But like, even, even there, it still sounds amazing. Just that soundtrack is between that. And I would say final fantasy six and secret of mana are really what got me into video game music as a, as a like, Oh, Oh, I think I like this stuff specifically. (laughs) Yeah. Those are pretty good choices. (laughs) And uh, David, how about yourself? 
Um, I don't know what else I can add beyond what I'd said earlier. Yeah. I mean, as a fan of Mega Man, this is probably one of the single best representations of the entire franchise. So it's always a solid one to go back to. Uh, I guess part of what I like about it is it's kind of weird because like uh, a lot of Star Wars fans, I notice at least when it comes to the original trilogy, I don't know about the prequels or the new stuff or whatever so much, but the argument would be like, oh, Empire is the best one. And it's like, it's got that open ending. Like, yeah, maybe, but some people would argue Jedi. Um, A New Hope was always the one I think I liked the best because it just felt the most like, like a complete story beginning middle yeah. and unto itself. And Mega Man X has yeah. that kind of feeling to me, okay. the uh, first game. And, uh, I don't know that just, again, it's like, you could just come back to that by itself and that's all you really need. All I really need anyway. I agree. Yeah. The, except that whole thing of Sigma at the very end, like, Hey, hey I'm not really dead. I'll see you again. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. That'd be the part where Darth Vader flies off at the end of a new hope. There for, you go. <laughs> as, yeah. as the comparison goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanessa, what, uh, what, what parts that stood out to you the most about Mega Man X as you played through it? Um, I liked the character design. I liked all the villains. I think they were all the Mavericks, I guess. They've got names. I liked, uh, how unique they each were and they all kind of had like their own attitude, even though they're just these little 2D characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the music was, I think, noticeable. I, I didn't pay a lot of attention to video game music, but I did enjoy it. So I actually, like, sometimes I don't even play with sound on, but this one I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that actually, we have a uh, listener question we're, we're going to get to later, but um, you brought up the, the Mavericks or the, the bosses. And uh, 112 from Reddit asked, uh, and this is for everyone, uh, we'll, we'll get around to, uh, who is your favorite Ma- Maverick? And uh, what is your favorite armor, I guess, would be the... I, well, that, Jason, what do you think that means? Like the armor piece? Or... Oh, no, that, that is favorite armor set. That is from all the X games, I figured. I wanted oh. to include that part because... Okay. I figured, you know, um, you know, at, at the very least, Nadia and uh, David and I have uh, played I'll... through most of the Mega Man X games, so I figured it's like, oh, we can probably take take, take yeah. care of that one yeah, anyway. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll let you guys handle that one, but uh, I'll start with Vanessa. Who's, which which uh, boss is your favorite? I like Launch Octopus. Launch I think Octopus? He's, yeah, he's, like, pretty funny. Like, one, I like that you can cut off his arms. That's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also like it when he, like, shows up, he kind of, like, taunts you and is, like, get over here with his, like, cute little octopus arms. Yeah, he gives uh, you, like, a thumbs down, even. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's funny to me that he has to be underwater every time. Like his, when you fight him again, he's still back, he's still underwater, which makes him feel kind of lame. That he. Has, I he always has thought to... when he did that gesture, it's like you know you're going down. Yeah. <laughs> it, actually, in supplemental Mega Man X media, because of course I know this dumb stuff, he's kind of depicted as an artist. And uh, God, there was in the Mega Man X novel, which what, what, was only kind of that, roughly translated by fans. Wait, that, uh, I didn't even realize that was a thing. Oh Jesus. <laughs> there, there is a Rockman X novel, and okay. he was. It's a more recent thing. Is it more recent? You're right. It was okay, but it, they had this whole thing where he was had like this art exhibit based on the Seven Sins, and it was really ridiculous. What? <laughs> All right, oh, I, I, I got I got to track that down. <laughs> Holy shit! I didn't know about that. Wow, that well, sounds amazing. It was I, kinda, I haven't read it. If you remember, uh, Sky Compass, uh, Megman fan translated like the first half of the novel, and it was pretty good. It was a good translation, and someone picked up. The second half, and I'm pretty sure it's Google translated. And yeah. but either either way, it's not as good, but it does kind of uh, bring in that whole thing with Launch Octopus being an artistic weirdo. Okay. Like that's not 
that's pretty undeniable. I love that he's an artistic weirdo that draws theme stuff on seven deadly sins. I like it. Yeah, like it's, it. it's amazing. That's that is pretty incredible. Some Bioshock <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Here comes Launch Octopus as Cohen. Yeah, exactly. Is uh, an octopus not entitled to the ink he spews? <laughs> No, it says the man oh, and the wolf robot oh, thing. No. It belongs to I me. need the Bioshock version of Mega Man now. It's just uh, un- incredibly philosophical and beating you over the head with it. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. About yeah. having to fight Launch Octopus underwater, I mean, he's probably just more efficient there. Yeah, I just, I just imagine that he has to, like, he had to get the water room, like he couldn't, like they, had, they, they had, they had to make special, a special request for him. That's, that's my, that's my head cannon. Sigma, uh, can I ask you a question? No, yes. uh, I mean, it's kind of urgent. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. If uh, he didn't have the water, that would take away one of his most effective moves, the uh, whirlwind where he sucks you in, or whirlpool rather. <laughs> Drain your health. Yeah. yeah. yeah asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go next, and then you guys can do the Maverick in armor. Uh, but I'll go my favorite Maverick. I liked Flame Mammoth because his sprite was I didn't expect his sprite to be as big as it was. Oh, and yeah. That, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was I thought, I was I thought he looked really cool. That was um, actually a nice surprise with Mega Man X is how big the enemy sprites could get. Like you had a little bit of a size discrepancy in the original games with like mm-hmm. Mega Man and the Robot Masters, but it was really obvious in in X, and that was really cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, also, Storm Eagle's cool, too. He's a cool guy. Uh, uh, Jason, favorite Maverick and then favorite armor, I guess. Um, I'm kind of tied between um, Chill Penguin, because I love penguins, and I just mm-hmm. think uh, that he's kind of ridiculous as, like, this, like, troop leader of sorts. Like, if, if you've ever seen the Day of Sig- or the Day of Sigma, the, like, kind of anime OVA uh, thing that came out with uh, Maverick Hunter X, it's really silly hearing him, like, command troops and everything, and... I also love that his little thing is, um, you know, he's, he he attacks you with his body, but he has to do it the same way like a penguin would it by sliding on his belly at you. Yeah, he's very cute and funny, and it is actually really funny to see him in a leadership role. I actually kind of like Day of Sigma for that because, uh, yeah, he looks kind of stupid in the in the leadership role, but Sigma is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Storm Eagle too, because Storm Eagle is just like a really cool character. Even if, is, yeah, once you kind of know the pattern, he's a pretty easy boss fight. Yeah. It's really slick design with the like his his helmet, and his gun, his gun arm, and his wings. Yeah. yeah. Day uh, of Sigma is included in both of the uh, Legacy collections too, by the way. Yep. So easy to find. Yeah, my son and I watched it, and he really dug it. And he's ah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's seven years old, and he kind of just like likes. I don't want to say likes whatever I like at this point, but he's just sort of like, all right, cool, whatever you like, Dad, that's cool. And I'm like, oh, you are not going to think that in like three years. I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. I am, uh, believe me. <laughs> And Jason, favorite armor? Oh, actually, um, oddly, the main reason I decided to keep that part of that question in there is because uh, the original armor is my favorite. I think it's, I think uh, X starts looking more and more like a Gundam the uh, further down the road it goes. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that aspect of uh, watching my friend play them. <laughs> it just becomes more and more Gundam as it goes along. Yeah, yeah. I think this is just a nice, like, sleek upgrade where he still resembles, you know, Mega Man and um, just looks a little bit cooler. And yeah, I just, I just appreciate the kind of simplicity in the design. Awesome. Uh, David, favorite Maverick and then favorite armor? Uh, let's see. Favorite Maverick. That's a tough one because there's stuff I like about each of them. Uh, can I just like say one thing I like about each one instead? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, chill Penguin. I love penguins. And also, who's the first one I ever beat? Okay. Storm Eagle. He's just cool. And I love his uh, more set piece styled uh, boss fight up on the uh, Rogamer. 
mm -hmm. the airship thing. Yeah. Uh, Flame Mammoth, I like how he's got the multi-screen and conveyor belt thing going on. That's uh, pretty neat. Uh, Armored Armadillo, I like Armadillos and uh, just... Uh, <laughs> there. I, li I like when you just zap him with the spark shot and he just oh, totally loses stink. the armor. Yeah. Stink Million, Predator Strats. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Spark Mandrel, uh, I like I like neon lights, so I like his uh, entrance. Yeah, that's cool. Like when the lights go out and stuff. Um, Boomer Kuwanger, um he reminds me of Cell from uh, Dragon Ball. Okay, yeah. He's so. a big Dragon Ball fan, yeah. I see it, for sure. And... Uh, is, is that all of them? Am I forgetting anybody? I think that's everyone. Oh, Launch Octopus. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Octopus. Launch Octopus is okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. That knows it out, huh? I like him, but nothing in particular. I like the cutting arm soft thing. Uh, he's got a neat stage, but... And the homing <laughs> torpedoes are neat, but... Uh, and the other question, uh, favorite armor, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to answer with two. One is the first armor for the reasons already mentioned. And how can you not love the ultimate armor? Okay. That uh, one's probably my main favorite. Which one is that from? I'm going to say, yes, how could you not like the ultimate armor? Someone who definitely knows what that looks like off the top of his head. That one was introduced in X4. Uh, okay. It was probably 5, 6... Um, there was a different version in 8 and Command Mission. But I like the original and... Um, it's got this component where the armor can actually uh, come apart and form like a jet sled for X. Oh, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I see that. You don't uh, get to use that part in the game, but it also has just a lot of powerful attributes. Does it doesn't it use wings? weapon energy on regular shots. It's got a Nova Strike that you can use unlimited. Really big Buster Blast. Just okay. lots of cool stuff. Awesome. Uh, Nadia, same two for you. Uh... I know Storm Eagle is the, uh, is the easy answer here, but he's just, he's, cool he's really cool. Yeah. And he gets a really <laughs> neat upgrade in Maverick Hunter X where he, the dive is much more like what an actual eagle will do. He actually like kind of dives uh -huh. at you and, cool. and snaps back up. Same with uh, Sting Chameleon who, ha who moves a lot more like an actual chameleon. So I appreciate they added those little touches. But yeah, Storm Eagle, you can't really go wrong with him. He's one of those Mavericks who you see on the screen, and you're like, oh, I'm going to beat his ass first. So you do if you uh, actually know what you're doing. And uh, it's easier with the dash boots, which I did not have, but somehow I did it. As for armor, um, I always like the Falcon armor from X5 because I like Falcons, and I think the design is really neat, and it let Mega Man kind of glide, which is always appreciated in a platforming game. Okay, I think I, I, think I remember what that armor looks like. I remember, yeah, it's I got remember like X with the wings. Front. Yeah, yeah it's so. got a beacon of wings. And his uh, arm cannon is kind of shaped like a talon. It's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. Uh, first time through anything like other than it's a very challenging game obviously anything frustrate <laughs> you that you that you feel like uh, what, it felt unfair or you just didn't like about the game 
Um, I, I wish there was more of a story. When I was reading some of like the, I spent a lot of time online looking up this game. When I was reading some of that, it's like, yeah, and then like Storm Eagle's airship crashes into this and shorts out, you know, Spark Mandrel's hideout. I'm like, oh, I wish I could have seen, or maybe maybe I missed it. I don't know, but I wish I could have seen that in the game where they had like a little bit more like uh, how all the levels were a little bit more connected. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been really really cool. But it was cool to read about it also because it made more sense. It's like, oh, of course. Penguins level, you know, pros. Yeah. Fire guys level. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Like I said, I love that interaction. I love flying through of mammoth stage. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You should, yeah. Uh, so, you should you should see what they uh, did for Zero as far as the plot goes and why he exists. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'll I think I'll read more into it, or maybe I'll pick up the um, the Field Hunters Guide. That out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow, nice plug. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Gotta go, gotta go uh, pre-order that right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for myself, I feel like, I mean, spikes. That's that's what that was in Mega Man game. Like, <laughs> just get them out of here. Just get them. We don't need those. We can. Uh, we don't need spikes. Um, and I guess my legacy issue you've always had, and I, it's. I think this is just depending on uh, the person. I've always. Uh, disliked second half of uh, Mega Man games uh, when it gets away from you know beating the Robot Masters and goes more towards uh, obviously beating the big bad. I just uh, I never enjoy that section of the game as much. It's obviously harder and it's always a boss rush. Um, I just like the individual bespoke levels and going through and figuring and figuring out the puzzle of uh, you know which who who affects who and all that mm-hmm. stuff more than more so than uh, the 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 final battle section of Mega Man. That's just, that's more personal though. I'm sure people, I'm sure plenty of people um, prefer that to the first section. I'm sure there are people that are like that. So, uh, Jason, anything, anything frustrate you? Uh, how old is this game? 30 years old? Is this game 30 Get, years later? Getting close yeah. to it. Getting close to it. As far as like today, I can't really think of anything that frustrates me. Like I said, this is, this is between this and like a link to the past. These are my, uh, my comfort food games where I come back to, if I just need to, something kind of uplift me or just feel good. Even if I don't finish it just to get through it a little bit and just be like, okay, like things have like settled down or it's just a way for me to get my mind off something that's bothering me. But something that bothered me, I guess as a kid was just, it didn't really, I don't, I don't want to say like, it, maybe it's because I was a kid and I was more into the lore stuff or whatever. Cause I thought it was so cool how they expanded it. But like, you don't really see humans at all involved in this. And then you find out like you start piecing it together. Like, Oh, like there were no robots anymore. What the hell happened? <laughs> Like, wh- why were yeah. there no robots until Dr. Kane discovered this giant capsule that um, I think, uh, what are the dimensions I figured out? It was like 45 feet by like 15 feet or something. Yeah, I think they got the metrics wrong there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't bit, understand the metric yeah. system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was like... R- 30 is- meters, just if I remember correctly. That's such a big cap. It's not a capsule. It's just a ship. That's a ship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Hi, welcome to my house. Would you like to <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it's like almost the size of my, my bedroom, for God's sakes. What the hell? <laughs> but yeah, like that sort of thing was like really the only thing that bothered me was like, oh, like there's this like cool like implications of like what happened. And, you know, obviously, you know, the revelation that Dr. Light built X. And then you're like, well, wait, what what happened? Why are there no robots at all? Like what? what happened that there's nothing there anymore? It's just, I don't know. Um, oh, here, the, um, the, I actually have a screenshot of it here. Uh, 14 meters high by eight meters wide is the, uh, That's big. Yeah. Oh, where did and, I get 30 from? I must've been thinking of the 30 years that the, okay, never mind. Yeah. And yeah. And X is five foot three. So. Wow. Yeah. Big chunky boy. <laughs> yeah. I think he's, t- he's taller than a razor Mega Man at least. So. Like, I'm just yeah. picturing a, a five, 
foot three Mega Man X was like hugely wide, like just like stretched <laughs> like Photoshop image. It's like super super stocky. Why? <laughs> you know, I, I have not read the novelization, but I do remember in uh, like when I was looking up something else for the uh, field guide, mm-hmm. I did read some bits about some of the background to Doctor Kane and discovering all this. Uh, on the uh, Mega Man knowledge base. And yeah, they cover that stuff. Like, I don't think it's canon, strictly speaking, but they have like a really interesting kind of uh, story going for what happened between Dr. Light's era and the discovery of X. Okay, I definitely have to check that out because that was always, I mean, I sort of, I, I just piecing together things from like wikis and everything. Like I've sort of pieced it together now, but it's just like when I was a kid, that was something I wanted to know because I loved that stuff. I hear that, especially when back then I thought that X was the original Mega Man. Yeah, that they like upgraded him basically or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that too. I think that was a very popular fan theory at the time. I've always thought Th- there there wasn't really much to dispel it, and you didn't have many like you know, I don't know that legacy heroes were as prevalent using the same like you know name and stuff, but being different people as much back then, you know. Yeah. Okay, Mario and Super Mario World is the same Mario as in, uh, like, Mario 1 to 3. I'm going to uh, point out uh, Capcom's own Street Fighter and uh, Street Fighter 2010 or whatever it is. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Ken, <laughs> Ken and Ken. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think oh, Link boy. was, like, the outlier at the time. And even then, that had only been done the one time. Yeah, it I can't really think done, of like multiple times so that we have like 30 links now <laughs> yeah, they're all, but it's but they're all the same link also so. yeah i know right so <laughs> like, <laughs> that just goes back to the mega man is x thing yeah there we go yeah. <laughs> can is can and mega man is and mega man is x this is a uh, you know and mega man is link or something right that's what that's what we led to yeah that's yeah. that we, that's the conclusion of the okay. episode mega man is it. link everyone have a good night <laughs> <laughs> That did add to the mystery, though, because they talked about, like, X not, like, knowing what he was made for, like, not having memory or something. And it's like, okay, so uh, Mega Man was turned into X, and Dr. Light wiped his memory. So that just kind of, that just dug the rabbit hole deeper. It's like, why would he do that? What could have happened? What did he do? What had he done with it? Who had he murdered prior, you know? Who, what, what blood was on X's hands at that point that he could Ooh, have... Maybe I should tell yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know something about that, don't you, Nadia? What's that? You know something about what blood is on Mega Man's hands, don't you? Uh, give me more context. Uh, involves what is and is not a fish. Uh, for fuck, we're not talking about that. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> off the air. I want. I want this. I want this off the air. <laughs> oh man. All right. Patreon backers, stay tuned. <laughs> oh, on that note, uh, Nadia. Yes. Does anything uh, grind your gears about Mega Man X all these years later, st- still to this day? Is there anything you just wish was was different uh, about this game? It, it's funny. I echo Jason in a lot of ways about like how the lore could have been distributed a little bit better. It has some really interesting moments, like the the warning message from Doctor Light uh, when you leave the when you leave the game and uh, you you see like Mega Man X's diagnostics loading up. Like that was a really interesting way to introduce the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love that sound effect. Uh, and you think to yourself, is this something, that, is this like something, is this the game itself checking its own diagnostics? What's going on here? And it, it's funny to look back at like Mega Man's uh, uh, X's like kind of specs and see like, oh, like his mega, his 
his hard drive's like a megabyte or terabyte or something ridiculously stupid. Small I think it's like I think that. it's like I think it's like eight terabytes, which I mean, you know, I've Seven. got that uh, I've got that on my Xbox, I think now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like hey, oh, okay. If Optimus Prime's mind can fit on a single floppy disk back in nineteen eighty eight <laughs> then I think a terabyte is more than sufficient for X. Yeah. Fair, if fair. good enough for leader of the Autobots, it's good enough for Mega Man X. Sixty four K is all you need after all. <laughs> so yeah, it's funny, like the whole interaction between humans and Repolis, like it's just not in the games until God, Mega Man Zero. Where or. or and not even well, at least that in the original Zero, Andrew mentions that he kind of married that human or whatever he did, but he was with her until she died. And yeah, four has a lot more in the way of like mingling with like Kraft and Nej and of course Shell is, has the hots for zero to the whole series but yeah they, who doesn't the have the hots for zero just kind of disappear other than Dr. Kane and it, I always was a little disappointed in that I always thought the dynamic between the species is really interesting and then he disappears after the third one too assuming yeah. he didn't do the right stuff to see him in the third one it's like is he even is he he could be dead for all I know with the retcon look like he got literally got nuked so I don't know Day of Sigma kind of killed him off. I yeah, think. yeah, it's yeah. I, I just watched it, and yeah, that was sort of the end. Was him lamenting, and then you know, like, oh, the folly of man. And meanwhile, yeah, it's his no, folly. We screwed it up all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, god it damn it, happened again. I oh. screwed up. <laughs> the, X tried to war, or Doctor Light tried to warn me as I built. Oh no, human folly. If yeah, Doctor Light hands invented robots, yeah, none of this would have ever happened. Have, have you been watching Gundam? If you you would have been killed if you had just stayed home. No, Cat's the Gundam person in uh, the Axe of the Blood God uh, Yeah, Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty common line in Gundam. It was like, you would have been hurt if you'd just stayed home. It's like, okay. Duh. That line is actually from the uh, first part of the first episode of the Ruby Spears Mega Man cartoon. Wow. Yes. And I think it came up a few other times, too. It's like, well, if Dr. Light hadn't created robots, then, you know. Yeah, Dr. Light created robots. You hear it here, everyone. Like, everything that has been, like, invented before... Is totally null and void. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> this so is why I wanted you to on uh, just the deep lore there's, shit of Mega Man. There's so much lore in these games, and there's like three paragraphs in this game. I too. actually <laughs> yeah. wrote, if you look on US Gamer, which unfortunately I'm not with anymore, but the site's still up, I wrote a whole thing about how one of the most interesting characters in the Mega Man series is a, is a robot who falls in love with a human, and that was Andrew, who I was just talking about. And through him, and through his dialogue and his expositions, you can kind of figure out the timeline of the series. And it's really interesting. And I, I urge you to go look it up. I think it was actually a really fun article that I got to write. It seemed to be really popular at the time. So, yeah, uh, you might like it. Also, speaking about the lore and the absence thereof, I didn't know that X was supposed to be like a real pacifist until uh, like X3 or later. And has anybody else besides Nadia seen the episode of the Ruby Spears cartoon where X goes back in time and meets the original Mega Man and stuff? No, no. And he oh, starts just great. blowing everything up. Wow. It's on YouTube. We can absolutely find it on oh, YouTube. But yeah, there's yes. an episode of the old 90s cartoon where Mega Man meets with X and he just blows a shit out of everything in the vicinity just to try to catch a file. It's fantastic. It's stupid and amazing. Yes. And it's called uh, <laughs> Mega X. Mega X. And Mega yeah, X. but part of the greatness of it is because like, you know, okay, you've got Mega Man with his pew, 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 and mm -hmm. like X comes through the portal <laughs> and like, as soon as the Buster Barrel appears, he's like firing off Dragon Ball shots that are like blowing <laughs> up this entire planet. <laughs> he blows up a freaking gas tanker or something and just, just yeah. amazing. 
and, so and, awesome. <laughs> and Mega Man's like, hey, maybe you should tone it down a bit. And he's like, I must defeat Mavericks at all costs. He's just completely out of his mind. And he's and he's become the monster he's been trying to fight the whole time. He's absolutely the monster that he he was uh, teleported the, to fight. The folly of Mega Man. And it's like, you look at the first stage of Mega Man X, you teleport in, and next first thing you do is you're opening fire on, like, uh, everything that's not a car. Oh, right? yeah, you should. Yeah, you're always shooting in that game. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can see where they were coming from with that. <laughs> I know, you go through all that all that shit, and then the very end, he's like, man, what, a, what should I even have done that? <laughs> the very end, after everyone's murdered, he's like, man, maybe maybe killing is the wrong thing to do. Anyways, yeah. anyway, got a dash. Yep. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. He doesn't have the dash boots yet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Before, before I found out he was a pacifist, like, yeah, he's like, you know, kind of lamenting the war and the people lost. I always thought he's more like an Autobot, like kind of like, okay, we want things to be peace, but we're going to fight for it kind of, you know, mm-hmm. not quite what he ends up being later where it's like, you know, just flat out refusing to like, you know, fight if you uh, give him the opportunity at certain points like X7 and, you know. I think in X8, he kind of has a moment where he realizes, okay, you know what, I can't be like this. I have to fight if I want to protect people I care about. I think that happened off camera, like, you know, between X7 and 8. They realized no one liked Axel, and so that'd be a reason for Mega Man X to to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God they brought him for command mission. Do you like Axel? In X8, I love Axel. Oh, okay. I've not played 8. I've only played 7. Uh, the greatest Mega Man game ever made. Oh, absolutely! Like yeah. Mega Man X Seven. If anyone, all you listeners out there, if you've never played a Mega Man game, make sure X Seven is the first one you ever play. Yeah. No, don't. Do that. It will kill you. He say that in jest. Don't do that. Do not do that. <laughs> For you non-sarcasm recognizing people, don't do it. Yeah. It's like I just started watching Chernobyl finally, and you know that scene where the fireman picked up the chunk of graphite. That's Mega Man X Seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good analogy. Holy God! Wow. Yeah, just play X or, two, or Mega Man Two. Either one. <laughs> this is a good. That's a good. That's a good one to play first. Uh, David, anything uh, bother you about this game? All these years later. Um. Well, besides the part like trying to get the um, X Buster part, not from Zero, but from the Flame Mammoth stage. Just you know, if you don't do that one part uh, quite right, and you have to redo it. But um, I did have a certain frustration. I don't even know if I'd call it a frustration, but basically when I first played it and I first reached the final boss, I tried every weapon in my arsenal uh, that I had. This is before I found out about the Hadouken, by the way, which I don't even think it works on the final boss, if I'm not mistaken. It does in Maverick Hunter X, but not this one, I think. Hmm. And yeah, I tried every weapon. Nothing worked except for one thing. A, A fully, like, level four charge X buster shot, which takes off one point of life. I do not remember how many years it was before, after that, before I learned that the rolling shield actually does considerable more damage. Uh-huh. And I don't know why that didn't register the first time I tried it. Okay. Gotta so, use the bubble, bubble lead. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that, that's kind of a retroactive frustration. I, I don't know what happened there and it's just, how much time did I lose? <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow, this is really existential with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, Nadia, I had, I had told you that um, I had 
I didn't know about the rolling shield and I ended up beating that final form of Sigma with, uh, with just the X buster. And I was like, how like, I was so frustrated that boss fight and I don't know how the hell I managed it. And then like, I think a, like a yeah. couple years later, I figured out, I was like, Oh, the rolling shield was the weak. God damn it. I've been it's doing it wrong all this time. Useless, cumbersome item in your, in your arsenal. So I figured, you know what? It's gotta <laughs> mm-hmm. be the rolling shield. And, and lo and behold, it was the rolling shield. How did you discover it? I just tested every, every weapon what? until I found something that works. Well, I meant I meant him. Uh, like after doing it with the oh, Xbuster, okay. like I did for so long. Um, I think it was maybe like early game FAQs or something like that. I looked. Ah. I, I was just. I was like, oh, 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 are you kidding me? <laughs> just that like early like, young teenager revelation of like, oh god, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I've been playing this wrong all this time. Yeah, like thirty two hit points of life, if I'm not mistaken. And like, how long does it take to charge up that Buster? And climb up and all that stuff. Oh, was... yeah. And just waiting for the time to actually be able to climb up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I don't even want to... I'm having PTSD now, too. Thanks, David. Jason, what's your favorite drag in this game? Oh, God. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> that's, my, that's the reaction I expected. Uh... I mean, the opening stage is fantastic. Zero's theme's fantastic. Uh, you know, I talked about Spark Mandrill and um, Storm Eagle's theme. The very first level of um, Sigma's Fortress is, like, one of my favorites. And even just the, like, really hyper music of the like first Sigma fight, basically where he's got the lightsaber. It's just that. It's just like, Oh God. Yeah. I, I love this soundtrack. I don't know if I could pin it down to, if I picked a favorite, I don't think I could. I love the storm. Eagle track. It's probably my favorite. I also really like the armored armadillo track. I remember really enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah. It really fits the, the racing aspect of that level, the mine cart aspect of it. Um, uh, David, do you have a, do you have, do you have any favorite tra- you have a favorite track? In this, uh... <laughs> this is not a fair I, question for anybody. Yeah, this is yeah. not a fair question for anyone to answer because if is anyone that likes video game music, I feel like it's an impossible question. So. I think I have to abstain too. Um, I will say that uh, talking about the Sigma bit there did bring back a memory though. Just the first time after defeating the, uh, Sigma's dog, Belgarder, and then uh, just the music totally shifts because i think it was like regular boss music for the dog and then he's just got the dashes right up in my face swings his saber so hard there's like a wave of energy left in the air for what felt like five seconds and that's just that one just kind of blew me away (laughs) yeah uh vanessa do you have any i know you you always never really have an answer for this question Mm. do do you happen to have one this time or uh, well, once you mentioned the armadillo track, that one was really, really great. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, so I, I, I like them all. I could like couldn't probably pick out one or another, but um, that one fit really well with the uh, like the like the mine car attitude of it. For anyone who's listened to our game clubs, uh, this is a monumental occasion where Vanessa actually remembers the track. Yeah, I have game, I have so. an opinion on yes. the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so everything you didn't know about the soundtrack in this game. We're making history. Uh, Nadia, uh, this impossible question for yourself. Do you have a? Uh, I'm gonna say, you know what? If I have to narrow it down, I'm gonna go with Sigma Stage One. I just think the atmosphere mm-hmm. for that song is absolutely perfect and the bass like i said is just they make such incredible use for it of it on the uh, on the track and it's just really fits the gravity of the level because it's also the level where zero dies spoiler oh my god yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's just it's just too perfect so i'm going with that okay i think that's a good pick yeah i, th- I think tone wise i think that's probably one of the better fitting ones maybe yeah the uh, title screen theme is uh, kind of underrated now that i think about it it's good I think I like it better than most of the ones, uh, at least on Super NES going forward. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Jason, do you have any uh, things you want to say about the music before we before we move on? I want to give you an opportunity, obviously, and anyone else, obviously, to give any any greater thoughts on the music. I mean, yeah, I am the guy that hosts yeah. the video game music yeah. podcast, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, realistically, like, I, I don't know that I can, this is why I've never covered Mega Man X proper on the podcast is I don't feel like I can add anything to the conversation that people who know music very well can add to it. But this is just such a fantastic video game soundtrack. I mean, it's, like I said, one of my top three, probably, if not one of the three most important ones for me, it's, it's just amazing. And it was the whole reason I spent a lot of time and just every day checking eBay for the Mega Man X final set was I, I really just wanted one on vinyl. And that should tell you that, you know, I was willing to drop just shy of like $200 on this box set so I could get the damn thing on vinyl. So. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it rips. It's just so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, like, it rips. Yeah. I don't think there's a clunker in the bunch. Yeah. Uh, you bobbing your head the entire time. It's the, it, I think it's one of the things that helps get through the frustrating parts of, like, of Mega Man is that the music's always great. So it makes going through levels again, like, ah, at least this song's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, so that's always been nice in the series. Uh, I'm glad that they carried that over, carried that over into from the original series, um, and they they upped it. Yeah, I wonder if that's why they had so many composers um, for this, is they wanted to make sure the level of quality was really high, even though uh, Setsuo Yamamoto did most of the music. But they definitely added in a little bit of extra content there for other people. This way, I think it wasn't just like one guy and just... I don't want to say draining him dry creatively for this one game, yeah. but yeah, I, I think I think getting some other blood in there was real helpful. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to our second to last segment, uh, uh, which is a Q and A, and we uh, put we put a, the question out there into the Reddit universe on uh, people's uh, thoughts on Mega Man X, any questions they might have, or just personal favorite moments from the series. Uh, and we narrowed it down because, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but uh, some, a, lot, a lot of the commenters uh, targeted more of the series than we, we wanted to focus specifically on, specifically on Mega Man X. So if your question wasn't read or your state or your comment wasn't read, it wasn't because it was bad. It's just because it didn't apply to Mega Man X 1. So we apo- I apologize for that. Uh, we'll, we'll try to be more clear in the future on uh, what we're looking for. So Yeah, we had the same issue with Dishonored. So that's, yeah. that's our fault. We're learning. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, Vanessa, would you mind reading the first question? Or the, actually, it's a, it's more it's a comment actually, uh, which is their favorite. I right. think it's, I think it's their favorite part of the game, maybe or favorite moment. So. I get this one. So this is from um, user Raising Storm. 
And his favorite moment, his or four, their favorite moment was the first time seeing Dr. Light for a power-up was special. Mm. And, yeah, it's 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 cool. it's a really cool moment how he's in the hologram of him and he's like, mm-hmm. so you, mm-hmm. and then Crush Croft is here commented underneath that one with, so you've, uh, the quote, so you've come. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, it always, it, I mean, and it feels good because you, I mean, you know you're about to get some cool shit because the power-ups are all really good. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it also, you know, adds to the uh, it's a little melancholy too. You know, Doctor Light's passed on, especially if you've played the original games. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and he was hoping uh, for something better for you than fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He mentions that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's great. Uh, I'll read the next one, Jason, because <laughs> it's uh, it's a little longer, and I always make him read the long ones. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, from CO the Legend or Co the Legend, I don't not, not entirely sure where they're going for, but uh, the whole intro stage. It's just perfect. Riding the minecart in the armor and armadillo stage. These are multiple moments they must they, they love it. I can I, I assume. The fight against the sea serpent mini boss and launch octopus stage. Uh, discovering that you can get the Hadoken in X1 and the short Yukin in X2. Discovering that you can cut off flame mammoth's trunk and launch octopus's tentacles. Uh, these are all great things. The the boss effect affecting bosses with stuff with different weapons is really cool. I like that you uh, they have weaknesses for multiple weapons. Uh, that's what that uh, again adds the repel, the variety you can target you can attack the game with. And then as a big as a big Street Fighter fan, I also do love the Hadouken and the short you can earn these games. It's uh, you uh, and I like that it fucks up that bio guy. Yeah, uh-huh. I was going to say, and it's yeah. incredibly OP. Like, it pretty much yeah. one-shots anything if it hits. Yeah, yeah. I like I like. he's like, he's like, well, you still get to dig me, and then you one-shot his ass. Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> so, yeah. Suck it, uh, Vava. Yeah. Um, yeah, all, all great moments uh, this person mentioned. Uh, Jason, would you mind reading the next one, which is also long, it turns out. <laughs> so <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, this one is from uh, Romy Dumbass, and I love yeah. landing the final hit on the final boss in each game. It literally never gets old. This is especially yeah. true for the really tough ones, which I will say that is very fitting for the first Mega Man X, because as we've talked about, yeah, that is a real bastard of a fight, even with the rolling shield. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love going into a stage with really good music, so in Mega Man X, any of them. Uh, there's also, there's always this motivation for going into a stage where the soundtrack's there to pump me up. I love going into stage with really good music. So I love playing Mega Man X, is what this guy says. So that's, uh, that's good. That's good. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I even love and, the password. Put, put in the yeah. password. <laughs> it's, yeah, the password screen is great, like uh, Nadia mentioned earlier. So. Yeah. Uh, and Vanessa, would you mind, uh, mind reading the last one? Yes. Mega Man X 1 probably has the best soundtrack out of all the Mega Man X games. This is also the first time we hear... Oh, sorry, this is from Third Strike Ryu. (laughs) This is also the first time we hear Zero's theme and the first time we see Dr. Light cosplaying as Ryu. Just want to ask Capcom if they ever actually considered giving X the raging demon power-up. Oh, Mm. man. That would be kind of cool. (laughs) Oh, that'd be so good. Imagine turning around at the end with, like, the kanji flashing on his back. (laughs) That would be pretty dope. Just, like, blast shooting all over the place, and then just him with the the kanji on the back. God, that'd be great. That would be be so dope and so dopey, so. Yes, yes. Uh, (laughs) I would love that. Oh, man. The closest we ever got with that is they put Mega Man and the Street Fighter Cross Tekken. Or is that Street Fighter 4 he's in? And it's, like, the... It's the, um original cover of Mega Man, which, which is the dude in the in the armor is the one they put in there, which is really funny. Uh, just the guy when the Mega Man's in the Mega Man outfit. Uh, but yes. And we can and now we can uh, close it out here. Thank you again for all the comments. 
um, all great stuff. And uh, Jason, I'm going to let you uh, give your, give us our, your your closing thoughts on Mega Man X here. Um, and would you recommend? Obviously, you'd recommend to people just like um, you know, just what, any any last things you want to say about it. I don't really know that I have much else to add that we haven't uh, just, you know, been spewing for the last, uh, you know, hour and 45 minutes or whatever. This is just a fantastic game, easily one of my favorites. And it's, I don't want to say it's breezy. It's breezy for probably like, you know, me, David, and Nadia, because we've played it ad nauseum. But like, I can get through this in like one sitting pretty easily. And Ness brought it up, brought the point up to me when we were recording our opening bit, or I was recording her segment of the opening bit, that... um, she could totally see, like, you know, young Jason getting just hooked on this game, and that is absolutely what happened. I, um, actually, we had gotten this a little bit later than its initial release. Um, got it in, like, very early March, because it was supposed to be my brother's uh, birthday present, which is March 15th, and uh, we snuck around in my grandma's closet and found it, and she got mad at us and just said, here, you're not getting anything for your birthday now, and just threw it at us. <laughs> I know. So, uh, yeah, so little did she know she was giving us one of the greatest gifts of all t- or one of the greatest games of all time a couple of weeks early because we were being bad. It was a weird punishment, but hey, it worked. <laughs> Fair trade. Uh, David, do you have any closing thoughts you want to you want to add? Um, by the Mega Man Maverick Hunter's Field Guide. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, gosh, I don't, I don't I don't know what I should be uh, saying in this spot. <laughs> Nadia, you go first. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, basically, it's just, I feel like it's as close to perfect as an action game gets. I mean, mm. putting aside how much it kind of impacted my life, given I was part of the fandom and that's how I met my husband and all that, like, uh, just, it's still a great action game. And I don't think that's, it's biased to say that. It's just, it's oh. real smooth. Goes down smooth, like Pepsi-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is platforming oh, perfection. It's really goddamn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanessa, as a first-time player, uh, long-time listener, what do you? Uh, <laughs> what's your, what's your, yeah, happy uh, I know more about Mega Man. Um, I am actually going to pick up the field guide because it sounds like there's just a lot of like stuff to learn. I don't know. If, like half the time you guys are talking, I'm like, I have no idea what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to learn more about Mega Man. I enjoyed it, though. But yeah, I definitely say if you're looking to pick it up and you've never played it before, be prepared to struggle for a little bit. But it's worth it once you once you really get into it and start learning how to actually play it. It's really, really fun. It is firm but fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. It's like, like any good challenging game is, it, it never feels unfair. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, get, I can't really add anything else. Uh, Mega Man games are, are, are uh, generally really good. And this is a very. This is probably my second favorite one out of the ones I've played. It's really, really good. Uh, Mega Man Two is still the best, but uh, Mega Man X, great game, also. No, no, uh, Mega Man Two is your favorite. Mega Man X is the best. Oh yes, uh, Jason. But yeah, this is an awesome game. If you haven't played it yet, please uh, please do yourself a favor and do that. It's a million. As Jason listed, there's a million different ways to do it, and uh, and it's not particularly long either. Like they, like it's been said also. Uh, and if anyone, if, if that's it for everyone, uh, we can close it out here. Um, you can, and please, uh, listeners, if you uh, feel so inclined, do donate to our Patreon uh, at Games and Ju- at Games and Junk. And uh, for three bucks, you get uh, access to all the all of our wonderful podcasts, which we do, including this one, and with better quality audio. And then a, a couple other bonuses on other, other podcasts as well. 
You can follow myself at John Lucero 777. You can follow Vanessa at Vicarious Rock, Jason at Jason Ariola, the site at Games and Junk, and as well as this podcast. And uh, Nadia and David, uh, where can people find you at? And uh, feel free to plug whatever you want, whatever you want to. I guess I will go first then. I am at Nadia Oxford on Twitter. And like I said earlier, I am the co-host of the Axe of the Blood God podcast, where we talk about RPGs, old and new, eastern and western. We also have a lot of like specials where we talk about, for example, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, we have the Pantheon of the Blood God, which we rank a game and see if it really deserves to be elevated among the best of the best. The episode we're recording next is actually for Fantasy Star on the Master System. So uh, if you join our Patreon, which is at patreon.com forward slash bloodgodpod, you can get all those uh, really cool episodes. Uh, we can, You can also get the weekly episode uh, a week early and ad free. Uh, and also, I just launched, as part of the Acts of the Blood God umbrella, a Final Fantasy XIV podcast called Charlie and Dropouts. And that's also part of the Pantheon <laughs> premium tier. So I think it's cool. I think you should support us. We would really appreciate it. Oh, please do that. They're very good podcasts. Uh, David? Uh, well, I can be found at LBD underscore N-Y-T-E-T-R-A-Y-N on Twitter. LBD Night Train. Um, let's see, you can also find some of my writings when I get the chance on uh, poisonmushroom.org. Poison Mushroom, one word. Uh, and also, if you uh, follow Nintendo Force Magazine, they've got their own Patreon, and uh, I write for that, as well as Mega Visions Magazine. And uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, we also do our streaming, Nadia and David Ruin Video Games. <laughs> Usually Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv forward slash N-Y-T-E-W-O-R-K-S. That's Nightworks. And, uh, yeah, at some point I'm actually hoping, uh, let's see, I'm hoping after I get the Mega Man Network running again to maybe start streaming some Mega Man games on there as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just holding off on that at the moment, but, uh, something to keep an eye out for. And, uh, yeah, I think... Should, should, should I mention the guide again? <laughs> uh, yeah, please please uh, buy the Maverick, Maverick Hunter uh, Field Guide on Amazon and all other places you can buy it on, which are, what, what are they, David? Where you can get it? <laughs> I'll put it on the spot. Just, yeah. <laughs> I just know about Amazon. Uh, I think, like, better book retailers, maybe uh, Diamond Distributors has it. I'm not sure. All right, yeah, just look, <laughs> Google it, everyone, and you, I'm sure you can please Google help you'll find it. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there actually is a diamond code here, uh, DEC208283, so if that's how you look for it. But uh, yeah, it's on Amazon. It comes out August 17th, 2021. It's hardcover, um, 184 pages, full color, and $29.99 US dollars. Fantastic. I'll put a link up in the show notes for it, too, this way. You can just click right over and get right to that thing. Sweet. All right, and Jason, unless I forgot anything, I'm gonna c- close it out here. Uh, we say, do actually have oh, to uh, oh. thank thank a few people, if you recall. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Jason, please do our shout outs for us. At the five dollar a month tier, you also get a shout out on all the podcasts we do here. So, got a shout out to my two co-hosts here, John and Vanessa, as well as Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, Eric, and Nathan Cooper for kicking in the five bucks and uh, help keeping our sanity and justifying doing this to our uh, significant <laughs> others. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Beautiful. Yes. And uh, on that note, I'm going to say thank you for listening, everyone. So long. Have a garbage day. For everlasting peace. <laughs> <laughs>